now. Three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? This is episode 117 of Cooldown Time. This is a weekly show where two longtime friends cool down and talk about video games. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me, as always, is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, what's going on with you, man? What's happening? I mean, not much, you know. Uh, another uh, week of video game news. Nothing interesting happened in the world of gaming. At all. No. At all. Uh, Microsoft. Uh, now we got a lot. We got a lot. I was gonna say something uh, crazy. Oh, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, we're just <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Okay. Well, you know, uh, we're we're uh, excited to talk about today's uh, today's content. A lot of good stuff here. A lot of new games creeping up. Uh, and interesting, uh, interesting hit points and interesting checkpoints. It's gonna be a good one today, boy. I like how you blew right past your personal life. You didn't want to go no no details about that. You went right to games. I mean, you That's know what? Cool. The, the truth of the matter is, is, there's nothing going on right now, man. It's pretty you had much family on. over, man. You know, how, how is Pablo with the in laws and the parents? What's 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 family Pablo like compared to podcast Pablo? What's the difference? Uh, the difference is ain't no mic recording me, baby, but I'm crazy. I'm a wild boy. <laughs> uh, now, nah, you know, catching up with my parents, uh, basically, uh, they, what it consists of is me trying telling my mom that's not real. Oh. You, you, just because you saw it on Facebook doesn't mean it's real. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Telling, telling my dad um, that, uh, you know, asking my dad if he's okay because he has to handle my mom mm. and then my dad is pretty much like he's in a comatose state he's just stoic kind of yeah just stoic not I'm like is this are we weaking is this weaking at Bernie's my dad here like is he <laughs> is he even here but uh, no my mom is crazy as hell so you know just well, pretty much contending with that uh, you know throughout and, and not, from, not crazy like she's really crazy just my mom is uh, like me maybe 30 years older so you know oh. God. It's one of those things. I think not, I think we're all starting to try to piece together how Pablo became Pablo in in some kind of way. And, and yeah, it sounds like we we, we found the, the we pinpointed the problem, and it's your mother. <laughs> all right. I mean, you would know that you would know that firsthand. <laughs> His My mother mom was is crazy even then. Some wrong with both of our mothers actually. <laughs> but thankfully, I turned out normal. Um, I'm doing fantastic, by the way, as well. Uh, always great to have somebody ask me that. Uh, when we record podcasts, he's not saying anything. in this episode. Wow, oh, no, uh, that's not the segue <laughs> to the doctor. <laughs> not, not at all. Time for that at all. Oh, love that. Doing great, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so uh, once huh? again, uh, moderately offended by Pablo, but still doing well despite uh, what he puts me through. Um, doing pretty good, man. Uh, Parents are doing all right. Kids doing all right. Everybody's doing all right. I'm getting ready to to kind of figure out my, my daughter's birthday situation, oh. uh, and my 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 bank account's like, bro, do, <laughs> man, bro, don't do that. Don't do that because I I'm I'm the paranoid dad that's got to buy like a million toys because I don't think I don't think it's enough. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll I'll get what I think is fine. Then like two days before her birthday, I'll just go on a shopping spree and get her 29 other things and. Of course, two weeks later, she never uses them again, so it's all for nothing. But that's, I'm, that's I'm like that life. generally. Like, I'll buy something for my wife for Christmas, and it's really nice. It's exactly what she wanted. And then, like, 
two days leading up to Christmas, I'm like, it ain't enough. And I start getting stuff and she's like, oh, thanks. This is nice. Like, thank you for this stuff. But it's like not really things that she wanted. So it's mm. not really exactly like, oh, I'm like, oh, the thing she wanted is was enough. And when my son forget about it, I do the same thing. I go to Target to pick up something and I just go to the toy section. I'm like, oh, he would love this. And yep. he never, t- he, he don't touch it. He loves the cardboard boxes that that stuff comes in. That's it. That's his favorite thing. Yeah. Wow. Quality. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of quality, we have a quality episode lined up this week for our listeners. Pablo, why don't you go ahead and run us through what we have on the docket this week? Yeah. In this episode, Marco gives his exoprimal impressions and his review of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I'll talk about some ID at Xbox games and Pikmin 4. Then we're going to interrupt each other mid-conversation to talk about Overwatch. Overwatch? <laughs> Oh, wow. Oxen Free 2. Not at all. Uh, Lost Signals. While talking about Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals, uh, you'll get that reference here in a little bit. Also, in this new version, also, is there a new version of The Last of Us Part 2 coming? Its composer short seems to think so. Am I having a brain aneurysm? I think so. Uh, <laughs> Jim Ryan wasted no time in proving he's full of shit. We will discuss that. And finally, halfway through the year, but so much has already happened, so we decided to give some mid-year grades to Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. And quick disclaimer here. Yes, uh, we are aware that the ABK Microsoft versus FTC judgment has come, and, and we, they already uh, that's already done. So we're going to talk about that here, but we're going to talk about that in our checkpoint in detail. Uh, I think that's a better way of, of going about it instead of just kind of honing in on one thing. We're going to paint a picture and see how that overall picture fits into, into the future of Xbox for the rest of the year and for the years to come, for Definitely. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where Overwatch came from, by the way. I think you saw the letter O and went, Overwatch? Is that what you I did? I just said, yeah, because the way I read is, is I see the first letter and then I guess. Every time he reads the docket, time. my butt gets tight, bro. Every time, so, man. C, and as I saw C, I could have said so many words. But luckily, I said coming, the right word. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, hey. that's, yeah, that's gross. All right, y'all. Well, we got through the hard part. Um, let's go ahead and <laughs> reading. jump into <laughs> clearly. Let's jump into the first segment of the show dedicated to the games that we have been playing since our listeners last heard from us, and that's called Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, Pablo. So we uh, have a couple of new releases that dropped, a couple of demos that you tried, and uh, a game that I finally got a chance to come and play since uh, it came out back in April. Uh, but for the first time just recently. So quite a list here, um, but I think let's go ahead and start with um, Exoprimal, uh, the new release from Capcom. Uh, it's available on Game Pass as well as other consoles and PC as well. Uh, Pablo, you haven't had a chance to try this one yet, so um, you know I'll kind of jump in here. Um, this is definitely, you know, the, the claims that this is a weird game... Um, I think are somewhat true, but I think are kind of overblown. Um, the premise is definitely kind of, you know, it's a little wacky, but th- they they still do a pretty good job of making the premise feel interesting, at least to me. You're basically, basically the game is you're playing as this exo-soldier uh, that's working with a small group of rebels that are trying to break free from an all-powerful AI program named Levi- Leviathan that is basically forcing soldiers to engage in these like literal war games against uh dinosaurs and fellow soldiers think of it like it's like a weird futuristic kind of squid games almost type of thing but it's um you know a squad based pvp 
and PVE experience, nothing like literally like Squid Games. Um, but the, your crew's goal is to basically study the purpose behind Leviathan AI, why it's making you fight these dinosaurs, and kind of how to break free from these war games that you're stuck having to go and fight. So every couple of matches that you do, more information is revealed about this AI program and some of the backstory behind the organization that made it, the whole dinosaur thing, why that's happening, and more background about your crew as well. So essentially the gameplay loop is play a few matches, unlock new cutscenes or data about these war games, upgrade your suit, repeat, and then you keep kind of keep going. It's almost like when you think about it's a weird reference, but when you think about Death Stranding, Hartman, you know, and how yeah. he transports himself to the beach for his mission, but in his downtime he tries to uncover the truth behind Death Stranding. It's similar in that kind of way where you're going into these matches like he goes to the beach. And then when you're back, you're trying to figure out, like, what the hell is going on? Why am I doing how, this? So when you're back and you're trying to figure out the narrative stuff, how does that play out? Does that play out in um, cutscenes? There's like a HUD world? There's, it, it's like, um, there's, it's something called an archive. So what mm -hmm. you do as you play more matches is you'll unlock new files, you'll unlock new, new conversations between your crew, and you'll unlock new cutscenes the more you play. So it just kind of gradually unlocks new things that you can go to. And then uh, it's literally like in a big circle. And then as you unlock more stuff, it gets closer and closer to the middle thing, which is basically like escaping this AI so that you don't have to keep fighting in perpetuity. Um, that is, so it's that very is far more interesting than I thought this game would ever it's, do. Yeah, it's 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 it definitely is a quippy kind of game. It's it's not it's not silly, but it is quippy in that Marvel kind of way. But it, it is trying to be somewhat serious with the story, which I wasn't expecting at all. I thought it was going to be dinosaurs, right? It's really not that at all, which was well, I didn't, kind I of I didn't even think it would even have a story, really. Yeah. Oh, it definitely has a story. It's it's trying, uh, which I actually am impressed with. But um, the gameplay is actually, to me, I like the gameplay. I don't know what people are talking about on there, but I think the gameplay is cool. Personally, um, it's got some flaws with balancing and tuning in some ways with as far as establishing a meta, but the gameplay is a mixture of PvP and PvE with two teams of five that the Leviathan AI pits against each other in this war game to defeat a series of dinosaur hordes and also achieve smaller objectives. Um, the PvE matches are, des are designed as you versus the dinosaurs with opportunities late in the game to invade the other team's game. Um, and then PvP matches are kind of more, a little bit more traditional, um, but obviously with the dinosaur element in there, it's just not as fun as the PvE is, to be honest. Um, there's different classes of exosuits available. So basically, like there's a tank class, there's a healer class, there's an attacker class, all with unique specialties, abilities, and even ultimates. So yes, funny enough, you, you said Overwatch earlier, there is a little bit of Overwatch in this yeah. uh, in a strange way. Uh, with a little dash of Warframe too. It's a that's a free to play game that that I played for forever, um, a couple years ago. Um, and as you level up your character, you'll face off against new breeds of dinosaurs and bigger waves of dinosaurs. So it gets mm. really intense and fun after a while. Um, and then you also get to upgrade your character's abilities to kind of level up with the increased difficulty as you're going. So all in all, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm finding the mysteries of the story. Um, surprisingly intriguing i don't know if it's going to be worthwhile in the end obviously but i like where, where it started so far um i put about six hours into the game i'm having a pretty solid time so, with it um, so the the mixture of pve and pvp uh when you're kind of going through the game yeah. those matches are 
they're randomized in terms of like, okay, this one's going to be a PV and this one's going to be a PVP. You can choose which one you prefer, or you can oh, okay. just say, I, I'll take either or. I always do PVE, though. I think it's more fun. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, the combat mechanics and the battles are really good, I think, to me. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, the, the the live service component, it's there, but it's not it's not overly obnoxious. It's just kind of like, yeah, there's a battle pass and yeah, there's cosmetics and there's loot boxes that you get as you level up, but nothing is like, please buy this, please buy this, please. It's, it's nothing that gratuitous or anything like that. Like I said, I just think that overall the game's meta just needs a little tuning and the PvP mode needs a little bit of work. But I, overall, I disagree with the consensus that I'm seeing that this game is mid or it's shallow. I think the more that I've leveled up uh, and chipped away at the story, the more I've actually enjoyed myself. It's just one of those games that you have to stick with instead of playing just one or two matches and making a judgment about it. So it, it's definitely the weirdest Capcom game we've had in a while, but I got to say, I'm kind of liking it uh, a good amount. And yeah. uh, it's taken me by surprise. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to feel about it, to be honest. You, I think it might be 50 50 with you, but I'm, I think I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of the official reviews that I've seen, which are only literally a handful, are actually like around eight, seven and a half, like praising the game. Yeah. Um, and then the, the user reviews are, you know, a toxic cesspool of people who've either not played it or played it for five seconds and, and already deemed it to be trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already seen people talk about this is the Game Pass effect, even though the, the game is on everything. But it is what it is at that point. So my my, my, in, my question to you uh, about the game, specific, about like its life service components, is this because you're talking a lot about story, about kind yep. of uh, the narrative of the game. Do you see this game having any kind of legs just being a live service, uh, Destiny-like? Are are, are there avenues or ways, or uh, at least from what you've seen, that they can add more story to it? Or just the the PvE component, is that going to grow in some way? Because I was just under the impression that this was more or less a hero kind of shooter that you go against dinosaurs, you know, so being that this is more of that now i'm curious to see how exactly a live service the live service aspect of it works in terms of like going beyond the narrative yeah i mean i think there's potential for that i think ultimately the game is is i think the game is built well enough for that kind of stuff it's just going to come down to whether the community is going to be even be there um, and, and, and I think the way that people are rushing to judgment about it, I, I have to say it's probably not going to have long enough legs to, to even get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, personally, I, I think if it's if it's good enough with its story and, and it keeps things fresh for the, for the next couple of months, then maybe it's got a chance, especially if it's on Game Pass where people can still, you know, pull back up every every once in a while and play a couple matches. But um, I think the potential's there. I just think... I think what it is for me personally is I think people people always cry out for wanting original ideas and then they get one and then they go, well, we didn't mean that. And that's kind of what this feels like to me. Like it's it, it does borrow some things from other games. It does have a little Overwatch in it and stuff like that, but it's pretty unique. And it's like people are like, yeah, but it's not my kind of unique. Well, all right, then don't play it, I guess, you know, like or people He's are saying- kind of being prejudicial because it's a live service type of structure. So people immediately no. And that's fine. You know, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. It's just that, you know, that's what this game is. And you, you know, take it or leave it, I guess. But 
people want bespoke uh, experiences. It's like this ain't this not the way this works. We're not customizing games to your liking. It's like going into a store Build a game. and then and buying a shirt and be like, okay, if this shirt only had one sleeve and this other one was long, three fourths, uh, and then it's like, all right, now you're just, you're not a serious shopper. You're not really in it for this. And another thing I about see about this game, it's like we got this, but no Dino Crisis. I'm like, I don't know if Dino oh, Crisis, yeah, yeah, yeah would have been this, let yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> It's time to let that go. But yeah, I'm having a good time with it. It's actually kind of kind of a surprise for me. I thought I would play a couple matches and go, boo. But no, it's actually fun. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just jumping to conclusions. But um, I do know a game, Bablo, that we are both playing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is called Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Now, some people are going to go, what? Um this is um, very much a you know a, a series that you and, and I both really really enjoy. Um, it's not a popular franchise by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, we have had this game on our calendar for such a long time, dude, and it's finally here. Um, I finished it. Actually, I played Oxenfree One again. Then I played Oxenfree Two and finished. Ox- I've been putting games down out here, man. I mean, but, you um, chopping them up. Yeah. But you, you're not quite done yet. So, but I, I do since I kind of went on my tangent about Exoprimal. I want to give you some some stage time here. Tell me what you're thinking uh, about Oxenfree Two so far. Uh, what are some of your early impressions, and how is this kind of stacking up? Uh, yeah. Not only uh, in in terms of compared to the first game, but just how it stacks up for you this year. Yeah, I mean, off. I just want to say, I. I I I'm 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 pretty far into the game, but so far what I've played, I absolutely love it. I w- I came into a little trepidation just because the first one is so gr- good, uh, coming into the sequel, which you know had a really long development cycle, and in between they they put out uh, another game. Um, for, uh, you know I'm not gonna oh that. Um, after party I think right? after party which wasn't very good uh, at least for me I just didn't really like it yeah and so that worried me a little bit but coming into it they. They they have this down packed. What what I love about Oxenfree Two is how we already know about you know the weirdness. Uh, yeah. And I I, I I like the way that they went right into it. Uh, it, it just right off rip. It's just like we get into the weirdness. Like I, I love that about it. I think Nice continues to kind of nail uh, the aesthetic of what they're doing with that because there's just a sense of place that you're there, and it's just it just feels like. Um, it feels like the Twilight Zone, and, and it does it with such minimalistic art style. Like it's beautiful art style, but it's not this real life art style where you can really see the the, the tonality being shown through, you know, the f- facial expressions or anything like that. This is all about tone within the game, the ambiance, the world that they're creating. I, I love that. And obviously, the one thing that if you know about about Oxenfree is the conversation and the flow. Uh, uh, the conversation earlier on when I was talk- talking about like you know uh, what we're going to talk about i said interrupting it and and uh the reason i I bring that up is simply because there's a free flow conversation system in place here where you're talking i'm talking i can interrupt you in the middle of your conversation to kind of answer you because i already know where you're going because the answers are being prompted before kind of filling in the blanks for you already where you know where to conversate you're also creating kind of your own background story even though there's a set story you can acknowledge that and then further kind of go through that you can choose to share with with the other character's name is jacob you can choose to share a lot of information 
you can do all it's it's do you just mind, it's do you mind all, if I do you mind if I like set the like gave them like the listeners the premise really really yeah, quick go for just it. so yeah, they yeah, can yeah. follow along. Basically you you you're sent to this town because your your character Riley accepts a job um alongside this companion character Jacob to place these antennas around a neighboring island from the first game and the goal is to basically help this employer study the very same uh supernatural anomaly that emerged in the first game but of course Riley and Jacob end up kind of right in the middle of the, a bigger play by the residents mm-hmm. of this island to essentially tap into that anomaly and without getting into too many details for the sake of spoilers setting it free um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of where you're at in terms of, of what your objective is. And yeah. I, playing the first game is essential to knowing exactly yes. what's going on. Just as an FYI, if you're interested in like a really good narrative driven game, you have to play the first one. Not just because it's great, but because it's essential. It's not a standalone story. But no, go ahead and continue. Sorry. No, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did that because, you know, I get caught up in the conversation. I'm talking to you and, and, you know, we know this game inside and out at least. So it just was like, oh, yeah, this is just like so much like the first one or, or it kind of carries some of those themes over. But anyway, um, yeah. And I think... Uh, one of the most surprising things for me about this game is the addition of the traversal system that they added. I, you know, the 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 ropes and the and the, and the climbing, all that shit, just kind of adds to to the whole experience itself. And I, I just I love going through that map. I love going. Uh, going opening that map up and be like okay i'm gonna go to the top left part of the uh of the island to set up the antenna right and then trekking my way there and then going from that point obviously knowing things are gonna happen between that that gameplay loop worked really really well and i, and I really loved it about it but really the themes of the of the game itself and just everything that it does and i won't spoil uh, a specific thing the the was is that is that knowledge uh, in terms of people know the prior knowledge about what the actual game is about in terms of like the things that they do because I don't I, for me I, I guess I wasn't paying yeah, attention I would, I would I would tread lightly on that part yeah because I just don't know because that that was a big shocker to me in terms there's a thing that happens in the game that w- kind of blew me away a little bit and it, I like the way that the addition of that adds to the puzzle solving or the the very yeah. light uh, puzzle solving or traversal puzzle solving within that uh, but. Ultimately, for me, I just think that from what I've played, I, I I just love the way that Nice Studio has really have taken what they've learned from Oxenfree, the first game, and not only just made it better, but continued how interesting the entire uh, world and premise is in ways that I wasn't really like uh, ready for. Like when you played the first game, you're playing with teenagers. This one, you're playing with adults, and they they capture that just as good. You know, yeah. The 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 forcefulness of small talk that that you have at the very beginning with Jacob and other characters. Like it's just it, it's exactly how you would react in real life to meeting a stranger and ha- having these conversations. Riley is is great. Jacob is great. I love Jacob. Jacob is 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 in contention for one of my favorite He's characters. Dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Riley, I love Riley. Uh, her attitude and all that, but I think her voice. Acting, they went a little too old uh, sometimes <laughs> with, with with the way she sounds kind of yeah. throws me off sometimes but other than that man um the mysteries revolving around the island the, the the things that they're getting into the conversations what this means the existential crisis that they're having within that the, the, the things that they're talking about you know their past how it's informing their future and so on and so forth all that stuff is beautifully written and then it comes out and it's just it, it just it's impactful. It's beautiful. It's just is a game, and how it stacks up uh, this year against other games. Honestly, it's it's in contention for being in the top five, three of the year so far for me because it is for me just an exceptional, 
an exceptional game. I'm loving every second of it so far, and I, and I'm pretty and I'm pretty close to finishing it, uh, and I can't wait to that. I've been pretty much no life in that, so that I, I'll be finishing that soon. Yeah, it's an easy game to know life, not only because it's not a long game, but because it's just it's so captivating. You don't want to put yeah. it down. Uh, yeah, easily one of my favorite games of the year. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so critical of the writing of video games is because games like this exist that show me what good writing really is. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of, you know, everyone has their own tastes and preferences with, you know, writing in video games. But this to me is just kind of undeniably good. Uh, with its outstanding writing, its memorable characters, its incredible moments, and its its really well done tie-ins to the first game that end on an awesome note that I'm sure you'll enjoy when you get to it. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, rather than rolling out with a group like the first game, you're only a duo in this game mm-hmm. with uh, an excellent supporting cast that you can talk to via radio. Yeah, which made the game feel. Uh, have you played Firewatch before? Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of Firewatch vibes with this game. Yeah. And in, in, in some of the characters that you get to know, because you can call them up anytime, and I suggest yep. you do that, Pablo, because you, I do. You'll, yeah, yeah, you'll get a lot of really good, um, you know, dialogue with them, and you get to know them, and you start doing that thing where you you kind of visualize, like you wonder what they look like, but you never find out. It's one of those yeah, kinds yeah, yeah. of things, and it just immerses you even further. You really start getting attached to their their stories, and you want to like make sure they're okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's just so well done. Each character, I think, is voiced really well. I, I do like Riley's voice, admittedly. I think she's one of those kind of like wise beyond her years, but flawed, uh, deeply flawed, too. And I think she yeah. that, that, that comes across really, really good to me. Um, everybody sounds grounded and human. It, it gives everyone's journey uh, against this anomaly feels so much more natural than games that have super, supernatural premises like this. And it has some really awesome mind-bending moments, along with some very powerful human-to-human conversations that truly hit home. And Pablo, when you get towards the end of the game, which you're, you're getting close now, you'll you'll if you liked it now, you're gonna love it later. Trust yeah, me. I, um, yeah, I can I can already imagine it. It, it, it goes on overdrive in that way, um, it, and it's just it, it's got a really good handle of player choice as well. Um, with dialogue choices it's done so well that you almost don't know what you've influenced sometimes with what you've said until later on you go wow I didn't realize that that was going to matter with how they perceive me you know how this person you know talks about me now or whatever so that stuff is really well done and the the ending in in the game I think is really meaningful it's uh you're left with a very tough decision um, that left me looking back fondly at all the characters that I met along the way and the choice that I made too. So, man, this is one of those games that I've been waiting for all freaking year. It feels like this year has been so weak with storytelling, Pablo. Yeah. Then this game comes along and it finally is like a, a bona fide good ass story, and finally got one without Oxen Free too. So we we have a. a with our show, we, we keep up with, with certain uh, aspects of the of, of categories that we're going to talk about at the end of the year. And if you look at our story category or narrative category, it's pretty barren. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's nothing that re- – there's not a lot of on there that is worth it. Even games like, uh, like Tears of the Kingdom where we appreciated the moments of that story, the overall narrative – isn't exactly captivating in a way like this is at all, you know, and in resident evil four is great and all that, but it's, you know, it's still, it's, resident it's a evil. resident evil story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then obviously we've, we talked about final fantasy to death here, uh, 16. So we, you all know how we feel about that. So, you know, it's, it's good to, to, to finally sit and, and play this game and be like, Oh man, this is, this is what I love. Cause we love narratives here at cool Down time. And, uh, I love, 
It, it delivers. So far, it's delivering. I, I, there's no way. Well, there is a way, but there's no way so far that I can see that this game is gonna miss. Uh, you know, miss. So I, I, I'm excited to finish it. I can't wait to play it. Oh, uh, you're play be, more of it. You're gonna be yeah. a happy camper when the credits are. You're gonna be like, damn. It's like the first one reminded me of this. Uh, reminded me of Twin uh, of Twin Peaks, but the second even way more. I don't know if you uh, ever seen Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it, the second game just reminds. me. It just feels like it's Twin not Peaks as weird, game. like like the goofy weird kind of thing that the Twin no, Peaks no, did sometimes. No, yeah, yeah. It's more. It's got a little bit of that weird, but it's also got a little bit of of like lost in there you know with like oh the, yeah, the mysterious yeah. That's like, it's like an amalgamation of twilight zone twin peaks and lost all and, in one and, and on the game side firewatch in this case uh, yeah 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 it's so damn good man yeah. i can't recommend it enough if you're a story driven gamer uh go for it um but pablo you know before we get into the rest of the stuff on our list you did you, you did have some a little little demo uh buffet uh, i'm really yeah. curious to hear about how you feel about the games that you got a chance to try out so go ahead and walk us through it yeah, I mean, uh, ID uh, Xbox and IGN got together and did an ID at Xbox showcase. Uh, I went through it. And there's nothing really too interesting on there. Obviously, there's some some things that did stand out, but we'll talk about that as those games come out or if they're any interesting. But in terms of what was one of the themes of the ID at Xbox, is a lot of the games that were shown had uh, demos. So I went through two demos that I thought were particularly interesting to me, and that would see of Stars, which is a game that I've been hearing about to death for a long time, and WrestleQuest. I'll start with Res- Wrestle. Quest. I don't know why I can't say wrestle. Uh, uh, wrestle Quest. I told you uh, he remixes his words like, man, it's going to be French for the next game. But you know, it's like uh, I'm like the the DJ Khaled of, of words. I just be oh, remixing them oh, and no. just putting them together, putting them on an album, and then said God did it. You know, it's more like Fat Man um, Scoop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fat, with with uh, Mary Benary, the <laughs> Mary Benary with the violin. You know, in the background. <laughs> People are like, who? Go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, WrestleQuest is a game that has a lot of cool ideas, but I can't tell if the developers love wrestling or hate wrestling because they're so... It's such a... It's almost a parody of what a wrestling fan is, and I'll explain what WrestleQuest is in a second, but in terms of the vibe of it, it's such a parody of what... It almost feels like they're making fun of wrestling fans. But basically, WrestleQuest is a weird... Uh, it's a weird uh, turn-based RPG where you are uh, a kid or a grown-up at this point uh, that wants to become a professional wrestler, uh, and you're train. You grow up, uh, you go to the future, and you're, you're grow. You're grown up, and you're training wrestlers. But every wrestling match is 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 turn-based. Is literally you, It's your turn. You. you just like you would play a turn-based game, attack, special move, and while you're doing that, there's context stuff where you can hit A to block or whatever as the match goes on, and I really like the ideas behind the game. However, the execution of it, the writing, the just the overall uh, vibe of the game is such that it doesn't really work because, first of all, the writing is horrid. In every way possible, the, the 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 voice acting that they have, little it sounds like somebody recorded it in a bathroom, and they're literally doing their worst Macho Man uh, impression because Macho Man is very heavily um, 
uh, really heavily influence a lot of uh, the game itself. So, mm. uh, but it's a short demo. There's not really much to other than what I what I've said. But it it, it is really really interesting on paper, but in execution, unfortunately, it just doesn't work. It's not very interesting. If you're gonna have this a turn based wrestling game, it has to be interesting. The characters have to be interesting, and really, they're not. I mean, it, it looks like it is going to be a love letter, and I hate using that term, but really, once you open the game up, it has Macho Man Randy Savage. It has Jake the Snake. It has all these things that are that, that that are they're teasing, and then once you actually get to play the game, it just feels like, are, are they making fun of me? Are they making fun of my love <laughs> it's for wrestling? Real to me, damn it! Yeah, they even talk about that off rip. It's fake. They even say the f word. You crazy? Oh, you no. can't say that. Uh, but it's just it's interesting because I'm like, oh, this is a like a re- weird uh, approach to a wrestling game where it, they make it a turn based RPG. But unfortunately for me, it didn't work. Um, and then uh, Sea of Stars. Uh, which is, you know, what you would expect when we were talking about these games, a pixelated uh, RPG type of looking game. But I, my personal opinion about the game is that it is, uh, it is going, it's going to be a special game. I, I obviously it has beautiful art style, uh, well written characters so far from what I from I gather. It's a pretty, it's a pretty okay, decent size uh, uh, demo. Uh, the animations, uh, in terms of the, the movement of the characters, uh, I think are some of the best I've seen with that sprite work. Uh, I like the, I like the contextual uh, traversal in the game where everything you do in terms of step down, step up, ladders, it's all a press of a button, so it doesn't just feel like you're running through a HUD world. You're, you're doing things to get through that world. I find the actual character design and the enemy design to be super interesting i think the world design is super interesting uh i think that uh uh a lot of what the game is showing in terms of its story and it's it what it's going to be what it's it's a prequel to the messenger which is weird because the yeah, messenger really weird. It, yeah yeah the messenger is a action side scrolling action uh type of game but in terms of everything they showed and, and how even the, the demo kind of opens up with this weird interesting traversal thing that they do uh I, I just feel like this game just screams like it's going to be an one of those like uh, like uh, one of the uh, Octopath uh, Traveler, the first one when it first came out, it was kind of like oh, like it kind of caught people by surprise. I feel like Sea of Stars, even though many people have been talking about it, I still think it's going to catch people by surprise in terms of how good it is. Uh, Marco, you play a little bit, you kind of share a different opinion about this game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it was a weird demo in the first place because they kind of pluck you right out of you know one random place to another random place. It and it, it, you don't really yeah. follow along with what, what's later. going on. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard to get my bearings about like, am I going to be interested in what I'm doing in this game? Like, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful game. I will give you that. And you, you know, yeah, the the 2D pixel art stuff is is very old to me now I'm kind of tired of seeing it but this is this is an exception to that because it's it's especially beautiful I and you know for what it's worth the combat system to me it is that old school style I do and I do think it's good I guess it's just going to come down to like what kind of writing is this going to be what kind of stories is going to be and 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 what the tie-in to the messenger I just don't get that and I don't know if I'm excited about that because I mean the messenger was cool I it, it just didn't do a lot for me um, yeah. And to make a, a game like this, 
that is tied to that game. Like, I just don't understand if there was much value in doing that. To be honest, I think the devs are getting cute and just kind of having some kind of continue uh, uh, continuance with like their game. Well, we make the message, or we made this, but they're in the same world kind of vibe, which I, yeah, I don't I mean, really think. If they that's... pull it off in a cool way, then great. But I, on the surface, it it makes about as much sense you... as when the Callisto Protocol was a part of PUBG. It's just oh like, yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Though? But even then, even if they pull it off, it's like. The messenger isn't that interesting of a game anyway for me to be like, oh my god, the season to the messenger. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> there is that. Yeah, I didn't want to. So go it's there. like it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I played one more demo. I, I did. I did bite the bullet and uh, I played uh, Pikmin. Uh, pigmentation for? Oh no, not pigmentation. Uh, no. <laughs> um, listen, look. All I can say because I didn't play too much of it is I understand the. I understand why people like this game. I, I think that it has an interesting gameplay loop. I think that the addition of that whatever two-legged dog that you have is cool for traversal. Uh, I think that the entire kind of uh, setting of the game, especially the way it starts, is in a room, like a child's room, like the Toy Story uh, element to it. I get the charm of it. It's just... Not for me. It's it's not a game that I will have any interest in putting any significant time into. Uh, I would not be surprised if this game comes out and people are like in love with it and it sells like five million copies or something like that. And it's like one of the better Nintendo's one or you know a, a, a Nintendo uh, highest selling game of or highest selling Pikmin of all time. I wouldn't. I would not be uh, shocked if that that happens. I think that from everything I've seen, the game. Looks decent enough uh, and plays decent enough. There's nothing really like terrible about the gameplay either. I think the control schemes, all that, it's it's good. It's understandable. Uh, but ultimately, for me, it's just not a game that I'm interested in really putting much time into it. Nothing to do with like its childlike uh, approach to the game in terms of it's easy. But it's just I'm not really interested in, in, in putting any significant time in this sort of like micromanaging the game so i'm not really mm -hmm. into that but uh it's cool i mean and, and it's a apparently a super long demo like three or four hours and it leads into the to, to the main game you can carry it over so if you're a pikmin a pikmin fan i guess this is the 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 game for this is it i mean this, this is what you want to be doing playing that demo playing a lot of it but uh, you know it is what it is i, I i'm i guess i'm gonna stop shitting on it because it's not the worst thing in the world but it isn't exactly just a game for me yeah that makes sense that makes sense um, all right. Where is uh before I jump in, where is uh Master Detective Archives ring code on are you still playing that or did you bounce? Yeah, it? yeah, it's it's literally on pause because all I'm playing is, is Oxen Free too. Oh got it, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's it's not for lack of me playing because even okay. the demo things were quick and the next game on my list is something that I played last week that I didn't talk about. But Okay. You wanna you wanna tackle that one real fast before we Yeah, uh... super quick. Yeah, okay. Humanity it's a game that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's on PlayStation Plus. It's from the makers of uh Tetris Effect. Uh basically it is a puzzle game. Uh uh basically what you do is you you're you're a dog and you're leading a group of people into the light. There's an existential story to it. You're definitely a spirit fairer of, of some sort. And what's interesting about it is they're massive amounts of people 
actually unlimited amount of people that are coming out of a uh, of one side and you have to get them into the light and there's a whole bunch of different ways that you go about uh solving uh puzzles along the way to get those people not to fall off the sides and just kind of make it into the light it, it's really easy at first and it gets super complicated they add a jump button and people are jumping over things and there you can use people as decoys to open up other areas of the of the map and then have those people go out there and and, and save those people there's a lot of complexity to it it reminds me of a and this is gonna this is gonna sound kind of shitty but it reminds me like of a, a like of a mobile phone a mobile game phone where um remember snake from all those years ago the game <laughs> I do snake. remember that oh yeah. boy once you start getting really deep into the game like deep into those levels there's like a lot there's a lot of that where you're snaking these these uh these people like almost in between each other but not touching and then making it out to to the the other areas to to kind of complete the game uh and then also other um also uh, other uh mobile games that are are like um are are star based like get two or three stars in this level and then move on to the next one depending on how what you do what you collect a lot of that in humanity the only interesting thing about it uh in terms of other than the puzzles part of it is that there's like an interesting enough story in the background happening with like what exactly are you doing why are you doing this are you working for quote-unquote god or is there something else nefarious going on so every few missions they touch on that a little bit and it's super interesting but other than that that's that's kind of all I've been kind of messing with uh, throughout the week. That's a hell of a list, though. My goodness. You yeah. Dabbling out here. Dabble McGee. That's what they call dabbling, you. Dabbling here and there, but oxen free. You just kind of halted all that shit. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you know, um, look, I, uh, I, I've been teasing it for the last week or two on the show, and uh, I can finally say that I have played and finished Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um I basically, I, I no-lifed it um, right up until Oxenfree came out because I knew I was going to have a hard time getting back into Star Wars because Oxenfree was my biggest priority. Um, but I did finish it. It took me about 20-ish hours to finish the game. And obviously, you know, it came off of, you know, very strong recommendations from, from many people. And I, I think for me, though, after all the praise... Uh, that I heard from Pablo, from media pundits, even from some of our fellow podcasters out there, I I honestly have to say I I, I walked away with a very different perspective than most people about this game, um, and I'm not trying to be contrarian about it. It just I think to me, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a very unpolished game with a lot of missed opportunities to improve its pacing, its exploration, its puzzle solving, its storytelling, combat, and even, and definitely, its performance. Um, But I want to start off with the story, which admittedly, I think, starts off white hot in the game's opening. Um, But I think it fizzles out kind of early with a, a very meandering and sluggish plot progression in the middle portion until the last half of the game or last third really um, finally starts to pick things back up and it's a shame because I think that Cal is actually a really good character that I think deserved a way better story to let him flourish but instead I think his potential sort of gets lost in the lulls of this story because the premise and especially the villains in this story, just aren't very interesting to me. Um, It honestly felt more like a side story that lacked scale and gravitas since it dwelled on, like, archives and this shoehorned hidden planetary retreat that ended up getting a very limp reveal that, frankly, wasn't worth the 20-hour buildup. 
And speaking of planets, while I'm kind of there, I was I was also disappointed with the world in this game because I think first they didn't really have a very strong visual identity. The game is comprised of literally multiple desert planets plus like very bland ruins and generic moon space stations that almost never feel inherently Star Wars. And the problem is you're stuck visiting those worlds over and over and over again because backtracking is even worse than Fallen Order. The low number of planets to explore was quite jarring um which made the game feel really padded out i mean you have to return to planets anywhere from three to six times throughout the campaign which to me is unacceptable um plus throughout, I, the, throughout the main campaign too so yeah not, not even just, like optional just, it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have to and granted some of those planets are large and there's you know there's a lot of different nooks and crannies there but i, I just think it gets so repetitive after a while like we're going back here again and the and the problem is that Every planet is also designed in this bizarrely labyrinthine kind of way that foregoes any and all believability and plausibility in favor of like making these worlds unrealistically gamified in a way where no one in the galaxy but Cal can traverse them, which is, <laughs> is kind of funny. And, and, and that includes like, you know... Like the annoying and long-winded environmental puzzles that constantly throttle the game's momentum almost every few minutes. Those those purple laser portions were so annoying. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, this game also does this thing where there's like, it, it's obsessed with constant detours and hard stops that make every like clear path forward needlessly complicated. Like sudden ground cave-ins, collapsing buildings, missing puzzle the, components, broken the bridges. The Uncharted Disease. Uh, they even go as far as to like make you they can't just let you walk through a door they have to they literally make you force push a marble from one side of a room to the other side of a room it's almost like it's almost like jedi survivor is afraid of being straightforward like it doesn't trust that you would enjoy a simple point a to point b approach so it always stonewalls you by making the simplest of navigational moments like unnecessarily tedious which wouldn't be so bad if the map system was good, but unfortunately, it's only a small improvement from Fallen Order, in my opinion, which remains... The map sucks. Yeah, it does. It's it's really unintuitive. It's unintelligible at times. And unfortunately, even, there's even a... They give you like a waypoint option that you can toggle on in the game, but that's literally broken. Uh, it, it either misdirected me on, on a multitude of occasions or it flat out vanished at times as well, which was really I weird. I didn't run into that, but it... I turned it on and it was only mildly helpful. Yeah. But I didn't run into it disappear or anything, but it was only mildly helpful. Yeah. And then I, I, I want to transition into the, the combat system, which I, I will say is a small improvement over Fallen Order. Um, but I still think that it relies way too heavily on flash and flare to mask its shortcomings. Starting with, uh, and many people won't notice this, but I, 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 I'm an action slasher, you know, I'm action slasher McGee. Very stationary tank-like attacks that only feel right when enemies are approaching you. Because Cal's moves generally don't give... It doesn't give him enough forward inertia to be able to chain attacks as easily as other action slasher games. And then there's also a problem with like the blocking, parrying, and dodging mechanics feeling really mushy and unreliable to me. Which is actually due to the game's lack of move canceling. Um, and basically what that is is... Uh, 
other than one fighting sense in the game, which is dual wielding, your attack animations can't be canceled in order to evade or block or parry whenever you're about to get attacked, which can be frustrating since the enemy attack windows in this game are really, really short, especially in boss fights. So that made combat feel clumsy and unresponsive to me as I would, I would correctly block and parry and dodge in time, but the game just won't register your button inputs to do that. So you'll get clonked and bopped around basically for reasons beyond your control. And I also think as an aside that the, the force powers to me just never really felt all that useful or relevant in combat either. And then on top of that, I know I'm going on forever here. I just, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this game, but the game also subjects you to that another middling rendition of diet dark souls. And you know, it's like, look in souls like games, you almost always die because of user error, but in Jedi Survivor, you almost always die from the game's lack of those mechanics I just mentioned, at least for me. So while the game isn't necessarily hard, the combat mechanics are just not good enough to res- to respect the Souls-like punishment for dying. Um, but out of everything I've said so far, I think the most disappointing aspect of Jedi Survivor by far is the technical issues. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about... I had hard crashes to my console, dude. I had sound cutting out completely, like no sound at all. I had to restart the game. Atrocious frame rate issues that affect both quality and performance mode. I played on quality mode, commonly dipped to like 18 frames a second, especially around bodies of water. Um, What did you play it on? uh, PS5. Um there's instances where there's full cutscene pop in that doesn't, and I'm not just, I don't just mean clear textures popping in. I mean the literal whole geometry of a scene, like going from black screen to every person and every location in that scene. It's weird. There was also a bug that left a weird blue glow on the corner of my screen and this glowing white thing that happens whenever you turn the camera around too far. And I guess textures aren't loading fast enough. Dude, even Cal's facial hair was bugged. His beard kept, it kept clipping off of his face. I had to keep oh, going into run the into menu. Any of that? That's I had to terrible. go into, dude. I had to go into the menu. I had to reselect his beard again. It would work for a few minutes, and then it'd be gone. And all of those issues proved to me that this game is an unfinished, unoptimized mess. Even after six patches since launch. I mean, is it playable? Yeah, but is it's a but it's a, a playable mess is still a mess. You know. So do you know? And I don't know. Uh, do you know if there's specific issues to the ps5 because i played on xbox series x and there was definitely frame rate issues for sure but i never ran into any of the 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 cutscene popping frame or any of like facial hair the only thing that i was annoying was the physics of of his hair if i had him if i had long hair if i had long hair and i jumped his hair would just go like it would flip up and it would stay like that static so i had to change his hair out because that was terrible that was that was less of a bug and more of a of just a terrible physics hair physics um, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I mean, I don't let, know, man. I, don't I, have have fi- any, I have final thoughts about it, but go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, before you, you jump into your final thoughts, I mean, I think everything you said, it's one of those things where I, I, I really just guess it, it depends on where the game hits you in terms of like, what can you forgive? What can you forget? Because I had a conversation with a friend today about Final Fantasy 16, and I brought up all my gripes with it, and he was like, dude, everything you said is right. I, 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 I understand. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm, I'm still enjoying the game. I'm still, I, I'm still loving it for what it is and so on and so forth. So I guess that's the same thing I have. I, I tell you, I think everything you're saying, I, I understand what you're saying, but I never really kind of, for me personally, I never really felt 
like I was getting lost, and not that you did or that it's a bad thing, because if you see, if you feel it, you feel it, or getting lost in the minutia of certain uh, aspects of combat, like the move canceling thing. I didn't even notice that, honestly, you know. Uh, but that makes sense because I did. There were times where I got fucked up for no reason. I was like, yo, but I locked at the right time, so that that makes a lot of sense too. So it's just things that I just wasn't aware of, uh, and maybe you know, ignorance is bliss to a certain extent. But in terms of of how I felt about the game, every there's a lot of what you said I, I, I've experienced, uh, or I, at the very least, I, I I understand why it made you feel that way. But I, I still enjoyed the shit out of the game. Like I, it's like my number two favorite game of the year right now. Uh, and I don't even know if I'll make your top ten after after what you said. Oh, but, I won't. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, look, as with any other game, everyone's subject to having a completely sure, different sure, experience sure. with it. Some people are gonna love it, and some people won't, and that's okay. I guess for me, it was like to to see so many people heap praise on the game, or to go a step further to flat out recommend a game like this a game that can crash your console a game that can dip to the teens in frame rate a game that can assault your damn eyes with all the constant visual bugs and glitches like to me i wish there was more and i'm not saying that there wasn't you know some level of buyer beware out there but i wish there was more buyer beware than glowing recommendations for a game like this because it feels like it almost feels like the spectacle of jedi survivor colored the judgment of a lot of people to the point where maybe too many of the game's technical issues and systemic deficiencies were glossed yeah. over because people were riding a high. A high um, that I, a high that kind of resulted in like a wave of recommendations and high scores, but without enough nuance to really oh, let players know what they're really in for, you know? I think it depends, man. I think it just depends on performance because I never had it crashed I never had it crash into it crash my console at all. But you're not the only person that's told me that, that, that their game has crashed console, which which kind of you know adds to your point that the game is kind of inconsistent and unfinished. Where I can play the game and not really run into any major bugs, and you're playing the same game and running into bugs. You know, same thing with with Cyberpunk where. I know a lot of people had a lot of issues with Cyberpunk. I had my fair share, but nowhere near as 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 what other people had. So it just it just really I guess it depends on yeah. on, on on your experience with it. Really, you know, I, suppose, I could have easily yeah. just had a a, a a bad file and 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 have seen all these things, or or or, or you could have had it and not experienced anything. So you know, yeah. I mean, I guess even with technical issues aside, though, I still think the game was a missed opportunity for me to make a game with world-class combat and less planetary backtracking, less puzzle doldrums and a better map and a, to me a, a, a better story that stayed consistent throughout the game instead of backloading its best moments to towards the end. Um, so for me, if I'm using our cooldown time review scale, I unfortunately I have to give it a rating of rough time uh, for being too much of a sidestep than a leap forward to me and with way too many technical issues that really impaired my personal overall experience but um i don't knock anybody for liking it i just think that it it didn't tick enough boxes for me and the technical issues kind of that that broke the deal for me at at a certain point it's funny and that's why we do the show because i mean in in having uh, different because i have it uh, in our scale i have it as a great time so it's just it, it that's what that's that's games for you man it's art people you know love it for what let me ask you a question um the, and I'm not going to spoil it, but the, the, the gameplay moment that everybody's been talking about, did that do anything for you? Um, not really. I mean, it was interesting, um, but it was a little more on the disorienting side with just how fast it was kind of okay. like darting around. It was like, I, I don't even know where I am anymore, but I, I get what they were trying for. And I think it was a cool thing. I just don't think that for me, and, I, and at that point I was open-minded. I was willing to have that great moment. Um, it was just that it was like, I don't know. 
like what I'm supposed to kind of do here other than do the same acrobatic dashing that I've been doing all this whole time, except with that added little boost of the the thing that we're not going to spoil. But yeah, you know, it it was, it was, it was cool though. I just didn't think it was like, wow, you know, it didn't, it didn't hit me like that. And then the star Wars of it all, you think, uh, you think if you're a, a Star Wars fan, you get more enjoyment out of this game than someone who's not a Star Wars fan, or at yeah. least a, a fair weather Star Wars I, fan. I would say that. Yeah, I, I would agree because I mean, one of the cameos that that happened towards the end of the game, I think you know that's definitely a moment for the fan, I, the, the, the real a, fan. I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, and when I saw that, it w- I rolled my eyes a little bit, a little bit because well, I that's just what felt, I did. But I felt was, like it was it because of my. So, it just felt forced. I, I just. Well, that's what I mean about the villain issue, though, dude. Because it's yeah. like they that it felt like a crutch to me. But I was like, you know what? I'm willing to digress because I'm not a big Star Wars fan, and no, I might not a- a- I might not appreciate the moment like somebody else would. But I felt like the the game's initial villain was really weak. I felt like that cameo was like a bit of a band aid for that, and I felt like the 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 real villain at the end of the game that just didn't hit with me at all. I didn't like that well, too much. That worked for me. That did work for me, admittedly, because when that happened, it kind of blew my mind. And I'm sorry we're talking vaguely here, but yeah, yeah I agree. The initial boss or the initial enemy or the initial you know the main bad guy didn't work for me at all. And then when that resolved, like almost towards the middle of the game, a little past the middle of the game, I was like, okay, so what's going on? And then the cameo thing happened, and I was like, is this really what they're doing? And then when the, the thing <laughs> hit, which is right, literally like, through, after right after that, I was like, okay, I, I really like that. I thought it, it really, uh, it really worked for Cal in terms of like, the way he felt and, you know, things about loyalty and, and all that stuff. So I thought it was dope. Uh, but again, you know, it is what it is at that point in terms of how you feel. I guess mileage will vary depending on your, oh, yeah. um, uh, on your fandom of star Wars and just basically certain aspects of, of, of any game story and, and how sensitive you are to, to certain aspects of that. So that makes sense. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that is going to wrap up our loadouts. That was a pretty long loadout segment, but we had a lot of ground to cover. Pablo, let's get through these hit points. Uh, kind of quickly here so let's jump into that right now for breaking news rumors and booty juice it's time for hit points all right so if you've been living under a rock you know that uh things have been happening over at uh, team green and uh we'll obviously as pablo prefaced at the start of the show we'll get into more of the abk acquisition nuances uh in our checkpoint but early sunday morning Xbox CEO Phil Spencer did announce that PlayStation and Microsoft will officially have a binding 10-year agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation once the ABK acquisition is complete. So, Pablo, simply put, what do we think about this agreement? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously what we always knew, that Jim Ryan's manufacturing of, of panic about Call of Duty not going to not being on playstation consoles for the future uh in the future what we're just completely bullshit and made up as we as he himself have admitted um and it's funny because the deal is not yet done and jim ryan already is making this deal and and to be clear it wasn't even the best deal on the table because if he would have taken the deal before uh it included uh all active activision games to be to be on every console for the till 2027 so even now even though he might paint this as some kind of victory uh it wasn't even the best deal he could have possibly taken if he wasn't so full of shit uh <laughs> honestly i mean you know i don't know where the directive came from for him to, for him to be as aggressive as he was maybe he did come from japan but it all falls on him at the end of the day and he just looks 
super silly after all this. After everything he said, after all the things that he he tried to push, ultimately none of it came true. None of it was even a concern in reality, and this just kind of proves that. And I think you know, I think Xbox looks really good here i think they're like this is what we said we're gonna do we're doing it and 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 you know so they look like the trustworthy company even though they're a fortune 500 company you can't trust any of these motherfuckers but they look like the like the altruistic company here like they're doing what they said they would do and 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 sony's looking like they're literally bowing and kissing the ring uh, bending the knee which which they they, should have never been in this position you know sony's better than that yeah i mean to me i think um yeah, I mean, I, I agree pretty much. I think it's just funny the timing is so quick. Like, the turnaround for this was in, was almost instantaneous after the FTC <laughs> uh, ate their balls in front of the public eye like they did. Um, you know, I, and I think that just gives credence to the fact that this is closing sooner than later. And I think uh, PlayStation just kind of wanted to, you know, say, you know what? We're done trying to act like this is not going to work. We'll make it work. And I think that this is just a very exposing kind of thing to agree, not only, you know, in general, but this fast. It just looks like, yeah, you guys were full of shit from the start, and now you're completely abandoning your facade at this point and you're you're proving everybody right about this being a a non-issue from day one as far as the acquisition goes which is a shame but uh and, and, we all and saw it's so it funny if, if you if you go online people but it's only 10 years oh only a decade okay yeah that's uh well that's a lot of call of duties if you've been keeping track on their uh output so <laughs> that's kind 10 of, kind of good <laughs> that's 10 of them yeah i mean relax what are you talking about i mean yeah. calm down uh, but anyways, Pablo, why don't you go ahead and jump into your hit point news item before we jump into our checkpoint? What you got? Yeah, the composer, uh, the composer of Last of Us Two, uh, Gustavo Santaloya, I think that's how you say it, may have accidentally leaked uh, that a new version of the game is coming. In recent interview with an Argentinian podcast, uh, Gustavo stated that. In the in a uh, quote in the new edition, you can make me play certain themes, and well, I can't tell you anything else. Unquote. Uh, fans believe he's referring to it's an in-game cameo. Actually, I will say he is in terms of the translation uh, of what he was saying. They were talking about that character already, so he followed it up with that. So that's where oh, the fans okay. are getting that. Uh, but uh, the Last of Us Part Two seems to be getting um, a uh, a new version. Uh, now, what do we think this is? Is this maybe that it's coming to PC, or is this something else? Uh, are we interested in this at all? What do you think, Marco? Um, I don't know. I, I think this is... Uh, I was okay justifying The Last of Us Part 1 getting a remake, because it's a PS3 game, for crying yeah. out loud. This would be... I mean, it, if they charge full price, Pablo. No, no, no. For no damn I, The Last of Us Part 2 PS5 version. I'm flipping over my desk. I think... I'm, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I think what we have to what we have to look at is the source. The source is the composer, and I mean, I'm sure he knows some inside information. But in terms of what this actually is, saying something like "new edition" can mean any amount of things. I do not think, in any way, shape, or form, this is a remake or even really a full remaster. I think this is a PC version with some additions to it, and because. It is probably a little bit has a little bit more options when it comes to fidelity, and maybe it's a little bit more cleaned up. They'll re- release it on PlayStation Five, hopefully as a free uh, update. And if not, maybe the the bullshit they do with the ten dollar upgrade uh, path. Uh, that's I think the extent of it. I think anything other than that would be fucking crazy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. But 
We'll see. I know that uh, I know that the uh, the factions thing got got kind of pushed back and, and, and made to something smaller. Maybe they're gonna attach it to this special edition. You know, as just factions from like the original one. Maybe they'll, they'll pull it back that much. Uh, that would be like the biggest addition to that. Like, holy shit! I I would be surprised if they do that. But other than that, I simply just think that this is a a, a, a PC version that probably has some next-gen features and th- that an addition to that would probably be that, that you go up to the guy who's playing the, the banjo next to the dog and you can pick themes from the game uh, and I think that's the extent of it. I think there's just little 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 things like that, little love letters to, to, to Naughty Dog uh, yeah. scattered throughout the game at that point. So I Let's think that's the extent so. of it. Let's hope yeah. so because, I mean, they did admittedly, like they, they did update the base ps4 game for like 60 fps on yeah, ps5 yeah, yeah. so like what would you possibly be able to sell me because the game looks great still it looks great I mean, it's it looks still unmatched yeah. in a lot of ways in, in, in terms of you know its immersion and its realism yeah i maybe, if maybe this 4k is, if it, native 4k 60 yeah but i mean again it's going to come down to like are you going to give me an upgrade path to this or are you going to try to you know pull a Jim Ryan on me and go, nah, full price. Because you bought part the one. The rumor is so. director's cut. And so, have we seen throughout uh, what PlayStation has called director's cut, specifically with Death Stranding, it's mostly the same game with like a new area. Uh, yeah. So, you know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, if that's the strategy of PlayStation at this point, that's 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 cause for concern. But we will get into that, Yeah, Pablo. we're going to talk about that, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Speaking of which, why don't we go ahead and get to the main event of the show, Pablo, uh, which is the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, Pablo. Console Wars, they're still raging on. And uh, we're here to talk about, uh, you know, the big three. Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, since we're at the halfway point of 2023, uh, we decided to give some half-time grades uh, for the big three. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, discuss each of the three uh, consoles, and we're going to talk about the highs, we're going to talk about the lows, and then we're going to issue out our uh, halftime show grade for 2023 so far and then later in the year uh, towards end of year content we will revisit uh, these these grades and decide where they ultimately land at the end of 2023 but for now um, Pablo why don't we go ahead since we've been kind of <laughs> talking Xbox up uh, with the FTC thing let's let's just let's dive into that first here. Um, and let's talk about the highs of Xbox in 2023 so far. Um, and yes, the ABK acquisition is uh, essentially a done deal uh, right now. Uh, possibly could be uh, fully done by the time you hear this, for all we know. Right, right. Um, so with that in mind, Pablo, how big of a, of a win is this for Xbox in the grand scheme of things? And, and what's your take on it? Honestly, it's a win because we get to stop talking about it uh it's more of a perception thing i think you know 
a thing about what this is really going to help is obviously Game Pass additions to hopefully Call of Duty or, or, or some other things like that. Uh, but really, I think that this is going to clear the path for Xbox in the future because right before they announced they were going to buy Activision Blizzard, they were on a roll making announcements in terms of like, hey, this game is coming onto Game Pass. Hey, all, all these little kind of additions to, to, to the ecosystem. And I think that they've pretty much put a halt to that because of the Activision Blizzard stuff. And I feel like as early as this week, if this deal closes, we're going to start seeing the old Xbox come back and really start hitting home with, with certain uh, announcements for Game Pass. Uh, they, they have a, a whole library of games there at the disposal now, like announcing Diablo 4 for Game Pass. or that's That would be massive, you know? Like, even though, obviously, a lot of people have already bought that game, played that game, but just having that in your library uh, is... Or the is, whole back catalog of, you know... Of, of, of yeah, whatever of, of yeah. Call of Duty and uh, of, yep. of Diablo games, Starcraft. Like I mean, there's so many things on there that they can possibly announce that really would just bolster their kind of prominence in the industry. Uh, just to have that readily available to anybody who's a Game Pass owner. And uh, but yeah, I it's it just it, that's how that's why this works for them. I think this is is it's a great win for them and it's a it's it's a high, it's a highlight of their year so far because this has actually hurt them for most of the year you know, the conversations that we had behind it. And now that this is completely out of the conversation in terms of will they, won't they, uh, now we can move on with our fucking lives is really the, the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I've been, um, you know, hot and cold about the acquisition uh, for a while. I still stand by the fact that I think that it has, it, it kind of jeopardized the first few years of the Series X's life by putting all their eggs and attention into this basket of yeah. ABK. And um, I think it kind of alienated and neglected other important parts of Xbox that we're kind of feeling the effects of, which we'll talk about in the lows here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm glad that the deal is, is done. I, I am glad that I get to save a couple more bucks and get a little bit more value out of Game Pass, hopefully, with this acquisition in the books. Um, I will say I don't think that this is going to open up the floodgates of them reviving a bunch of old IP. I think that's no. kind of wishful thinking. Uh, I hear that a lot in discourse right now. I think that's just a lot of you know fun romanticizing what-if scenarios. I think the reality is that ABK is probably going to function predominantly the same, which is fine. Like Bethesda. Um, yeah, and and that's okay, and and I think at the end of the day, as long as the output is you know justifies the hell that they went through to get there, then I'm okay. But um, definitely a plus for them, and I'm glad to see that it worked in their favor because you know it's been it's been dog days for Xbox as we know. Um, speaking of highs. Uh, Xbox and Bethesda Games showcase this year was definitely a hit amongst, uh, you know, most of the community. Um, you know, I can say that I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of what they showed. A couple of games here and there didn't do a lot for me, but I think that the excellence of uh, Starfield is, is, is looking good, uh, which is another bullet that we have. And of course, a lot of things like Fable and uh, Hellblade are, are starting, and Clockwork Revolution are starting to take yeah. shape and look yeah, really yeah. interesting, too. Uh, so that was a plus for me. How do you feel about that stuff, though? Yeah, same. I mean, look... The, the, this has been a year of kind of bad showcases uh, throughout, uh, and yeah. so Xbox had a good one. Uh, maybe not like the best one ever or a great one, but they, it, it in this this year in twenty twenty three that's considered incredible. 
Uh, and, you know, they laid out the plans for the future. Uh, it remains to be seen whether or not they're able to execute on that. But at least we have a clear path in terms of where they're going, what's coming. And I think that that's, that's good for them. I, honestly, I think that that's what they needed here uh, in order to, to, to kind of uh, set a path, which they yes. seemed for a long time that they were pathless in so many ways. Like they had no idea where they were going, kind of uh, uh, lost in, in what they were going to do next because of everything happening with Activision Blizzard. So uh, I, I, I think the showcase was great. And yeah. Yeah, they had to get it right and they got it right. Got to yep. give them credit for that. Um, you know, speaking of what they've done for showcases, they did their first developer direct this year as well. And in that direct, they announced the shadow drop of Hi-Fi Rush. And not only was it surprising that they shadow dropped it, but it was even more surprising that the game was really, really good. So talk about the impact of that shadow drop, Pablo, and how, what Hi-Fi Rush means to you when you think about the context of Xbox's gear. Yeah, I mean, every time you look at a, a game that shadow drops, nine times out of ten, it's a smaller title, something that's not exactly like going to change your view of the system that it's on. But I feel like Hi-Fi Rush was a huge hit for them, and it was one of those things where it took a little a little time for me to warm up to it. Uh, I think a lot of people felt that way, but once you really got going to it, it's just I, for me, it's still one of the best games of the year. Uh, at least it's still in that conversation uh, when you look at like the top ten games of the year. I definitely think it's in that conversation, and it's a game that no. Nobody was expecting coming from a studio that nobody thought that had this in them. And it just goes to show that, that, you know, with that talent that they have in their repertoire, those studios and their ability to do things like this, even though they're known for uh, mostly like horror games. I think that's super interesting. And Hi-Fi Rush is shadow dropped in January and now is going to probably be a staple for them, an IP that they can rely on, at least for a sequel where people were going to be pretty excited. Again, that nobody knew existed uh, last year now could potentially be a highly anticipated game once a sequel gets announced. So that's that is a positive throughout for sure because they need some 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 staple IP for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal, and and obviously from Tango GameWorks, no less. I mean, that was pretty surprising in and of mm-hmm. itself. That's not their bag, so. The fact that they can put that out and be so good and and just, you know, kind of give that um, that that hope of, you know, like originality can come from Xbox. It's not just Forza, Halo and Gears. There's some uh, there's something else there. And I think that they proved that through Hi-Fi Rush. I'm really excited about the future of that franchise. And then last but not least, Pablo, we got to move through these quickly. But you do have here in the notes, Phil Spencer <laughs> continues to be a real one. Why you do that, man? Why? Why? I mean, you know, like he, he a lot of opposition, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, Xbox was the the the, the whipping boy, uh, uh, beginning of the year, uh, and rightfully so in many ways. Like you know, it, they just weren't they just weren't communicating clearly. But when it all when when it all mattered uh, during the hearing and and the the ways he that, that he's carried himself throughout this and and even after the 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 Redfall issue and how he came out and and and. And, and kind of talked about the the state of Xbox. I you know whether you agree and like what he said or not. I think that deserves. It's good to have someone that's transparent like that uh, leading. Uh, you know Xbox because at the end of the day, you want to know what's going on. You want to know what's going on uh, throughout the company. What, what how they're thinking, how their leader is thinking, 
And that's something you rarely ever get from Nintendo or Sony. Like, you don't know what those guys are thinking. You don't know what's next for them in terms of leadership or anything like that. So I always, I, I'm always going to give praise for Phil to being that. Whether that, that, that is a thing that really helps Xbox, Xbox in the future or if it becomes his ultimate demise, I think Phil Spencer being that kind of person and, and him showing out throughout, I think that that's, I think that's a good thing. I think I'd rather have that than, you know, than someone else leading this and, and, and treating it, even though it is a business, but being very, uh, you know, very ops, spec ops about it. Like just everything hush hush and we're not talking about it. Nobody knows anything. And we're, and we're going to talk uh, about Redfall in a positive light, even though everybody knows it's fucking trash. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. why I had that on there. I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, his transparency was was appreciated uh, when when times were tough, and um, you know, and I think that Xbox has always excelled at, at portraying a very human and approachable image compared to PlayStation and Nintendo, and I think that does you know kind of give credence to that for sure. Uh, but as you've referred to, not all was uh, peaches and dandelions for good old Xbox this year so far, and uh, you know, we got to start with the elephant in the room. You you just mentioned it. We got to go there. Redfall happened. And yeah. Redfall was a disaster. Uh, there's no getting around it, no hyperbole needed. It was just a disgrace. And, um, you know, and, and it was one of those times in the year of Xbox where it was like everything that could go wrong would go wrong. And I would call that out on the show many times. And Redfall was kind of like the icing on the cake of like, oh, my God, this even this sucks. Oh, my God. So I think, you know, this and I, I even rolling into the next bullet that we have week for first party output. I mean, this is kind of this kind of epitomizes that. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was just really sad to see that a lot of the the same limp um, stuff that we saw out of 2022 was carrying over so miserably into 2023. Um, and, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think that you know, Redfall was just a complete miss by them. Uh, you know, I regardless of the, the, the quality of the game, which wasn't good, it just wasn't the game that we it was promised. And it, it's the first uh, next gen only. Uh, game that Xbox has their first first party game, uh, next gen only game that came out, and it was a failure in just about every way. And when you are in the middle of a as they were in the middle of a huge ordeal with with Activision Blizzard, you wanted something to go right, and it didn't. It just was. It's bad all around. And, and they've and they've picked themselves up a little bit from there. But when you look at the game output, it's just Redfall right now still. So that's that stench is still there, regardless of of of, of how they've of the victories and the W's that they got in the past couple of days. The stench of Redfall still lingers until. Starfield really gets in there and just cleans that shit out because right now it's still <laughs> smelly as fuck up in this bitch. And, yeah, and then you add in the trouble development with all the other oh, games. Yeah. You know, it's like Perfect Dark going through more problems. We just found out the the, the narrative director for Fable is gone. Like, yeah. there's still issues there that I think really need to get tended to, uh, so that we don't have another another you know Redfall again or another Halo Infinite again. You know, like we, that has to stop happening at some point, and hopefully that um, that will change as time goes on. Now that they realize like Redfall is the end result if you keep doing things this way, and you yeah. don't want more of those. You know, I, I just hope that they don't lean on the catalog of Activision as their output. Like, oh, next year or, or the fall release, our big fall release this year is Call of Duty. Is like, no, I mean, come on, yes, technically, yes, first party, but that's not what we're talking about here. You know what right. I mean? I hope I hope that they don't lean on that, but but they might for a couple of years because I mean, Fable look cool, but. 
their narrative their narrative lead left and, the, and their narrative lead left and that's kind of weird considering that the game is in the middle of development so it's you know we'll see what happens there yeah um you know and then with all that going on somehow game pass got more expensive which yeah. is even you know more tough to to tolerate at times you know because of how weak things have been um but you know definitely with the momentum of starfield looking so good at the showcase it seems like that was kind of the 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 natural thing to do well you know now we're kind of getting back in the in the right track again you got to pay a little bit more to get your game pass now and it, and that was unfortunate for me just considering how rough the pillar of first party content was um you know for game pass and still is i mean we're not they're not out of the woods yet um but you know that was a factor too you have anything to say about that yeah, I mean, it, it felt shitty too because they did this before the 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 Activision stuff was even set. So it's like they're increasing the price of their uh, of Game Pass without really having anything right now that that would make that worth it, you know. Uh, and so it's just it it was a it was a bad move. I think they they, they should have probably waited uh, to do that because it just looks like. Oh, they like it. They, they like they like Starfield. Let's go ahead and uh, increase the price. Everybody's gonna play. It just, it just felt like a panic mode thing to me. It just didn't feel like something that that was like really thought out. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, and then last but not least, there was the Starfield 30 frames per second debate. Um, you know, obviously Redfall came out at 30 at the last minute. It was kind of the rug was pulled out from under us. Then we find out. Starfield's also coming out at 30. That caused a lot of, you know, discourse on the internet. I'm saying discourse loosely. It was very toxic out yeah. there. Uh, but, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's mostly why I think it's low. Regardless of what you think about 30 or 60, you know, uh, they feel that 30 is the best way to play this game. That's fine. Yeah. We'll see what happens when we actually play the game itself. But the, the low is here is kind of just like the, the, the way that this was taken. They already shit the bed with Redfall. And so having uh, to talk about Starfield at 30 frames already seems like uh yeah sure you got ahead of it but look what you did with redfall so there's a concern there there's that conversation already you know uh happening online and 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 that might not be like the whole picture obviously but it's still it's still important to kind of have uh to be looked at in a positive light and i think that the the starfield 30 frame stuff has been fuel for those motherfuckers and it still is and it will be for a very long time even after the game comes out but you know they can't win them all yeah, that's true. I mean, in, in in obviously we all would have preferred sixty. That's no secret. Who wouldn't? Obviously, yeah. But um, you know, the game just isn't able to do that based on the scope and the vision of the game. And I think you know, as we said, um, you know, in our uh, episode about gaming has changed, um, we talked about this. And you know, it's to me, I think it's just an unavoidable truth. I think games and consoles will always have a thirty FPS. Um, you know, run, and I think it's unavoidable. You know, as the vision and grandeur of games go up. The demand and the the taxing nature of those games will go up with it, and and not every game is going to hit sixty because of that. It's just an yep. unfortunate truth. It's just a shame that Xbox had to be the company of all of them that had to go. Yeah, we can't really do it. You know, you you yeah. almost wish it was like maybe PlayStation could have taken that bullet, or you know, but it just didn't work that way, man. But I mean, it's still Xbox's fault because if Redfall would have came out and been incredible, and thirty frames, then at that point then you just seem silly just complaining about 30 frames if the game is good. But the sure. fact that 30 yeah. frames on Redfall plus the game is trash, it's not really going to help that conversation. When we're like, we promise mm-hmm. this time it's going to be good. Like, we, okay, so you say, you know? Yeah. Well, Pablo, let's go ahead and give our grades. Uh, you know, Pablo, last year you gave uh, Xbox a grade of a D in 2022. But what is your halftime rating for Xbox so far this year? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus here. Um, I, you know, obviously all the pain points around Redfall and, and everything uh, going on with them, that being their fault, I do feel like a lot of the negative uh, things going for Xbox it's really kind of things that are out of their control, like, you know, the FTC and the CMA and, and, you know, a lot of that stuff and a lot of conversations happening online. I just feel like, sure, obviously, they're the catalyst of it, but in terms of how it's perceived and how that is attached to them, uh, just feels like it's not their fault. And really, uh, the promise of Starfield and kind of what Game Pass is going to be now that they have uh, Activision uh, in their catalog, I feel like this is, is overall, when you, when you when it's all said and done and you look at it i think that this has been a pretty decent uh you know decent year half uh, first half of the year uh you got your biggest game still to come and obviously fours are still there ready to go as well uh but uh, you know I, I think what they've done so far uh redfall notwithstanding which is a pretty big miss but i i think that the promise of everything with the showcase and all that i think for me would garner a, a b minus for them so far Okay. Yeah, last year for me, I gave them a D-plus for 2022. Um, I'm giving them a C uh, right now. And I think that is because, to me, I think they're right in the middle of the road. They had a lot of bad, and they're having a, a, a good rush of you know really nice things that are happening to them now. Um, but I think it kind of all cancels itself out at the moment, because you know there was a lot of lows, there's a lot of highs, and I just think that what we need to see from here to the end of the year is we have to see Starfield be great. We have mm-hmm. to see the wait be worth it. We have to see that Phil can actually get a game out that is a high-profile title that can deliver. And then I think this grade has the potential to go as you know as as, as high as is possible. But I think right now it, I'm still in that holding pattern of you know look I'm back in. I'm willing to give you guys another shot, but I kind of need to keep myself right in that in that position of neutral with the C until we kind of get a, a taste for the, how these games pan out um, and and what you know what else is in store this year uh, for them as a company. Yeah, but that's fair. So so far so good. So far so good. Now let's go ahead and shift gears and let's talk about PlayStation, Pablo. Mm. Um, this is going to be a bit. I think some people are going to be a little surprised at how we uh, we handle this one, but let's dive right in, Pablo. Let's talk about the highs. Um, you know, I think uh, starting with um, you know PlayStation Plus, I think the game catalog since that service was kind of you know reconfigured has has shaped up pretty nicely this year. Obviously, it doesn't have first party drops uh, like like Game Pass does, but I do think their their collection has um, for the most part been kind of solid. Some really good months uh, for a while there with some good drops that 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 showed up on the on the service. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty solid effort there, uh, and I've gotten some use out of some of those games. Um, any thoughts on your about that yeah i think it's a great addition to like like a great like side campaign to game pass you go to game yeah. pass the game's not there and you go to 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 the ps plus subscription whichever one that you well i do the the platinum was it platinum i don't even oh the boy, naming convention remember. sucks but anyway yeah. the, the the higher tier one and I, I was surprised of how many games are on there i mean it's actually a really comprehensive library and i i don't think they, they get enough praise uh about it because obviously like i i don't even know what i have in terms of the naming of, of what that tier is i think and i think that i think it's essential as the base one extra I think is the middle one and premium. I think is the is the top okay. tier one. If well, I'm not I, have, I have the pre I have the premium one, but you know it, that that could they could do a little better with communicating those more specifically. But uh, mm-hmm. and, and really, a tier system just sucks anyway. But 
ultimately, the things that they do have on there, I think, are really, really good. I think, uh, you know, Humanity was a game that that, that dropped uh, this year, uh, you know, day and date there. Uh, they're doing that a little more often, which is interesting and cool. And then, you know, and then uh, after... They pl- did put they, Horizon on there. They, they put Forbidden yeah, West a year, on there. Uh, and, and only a year later, and yeah. which is fantastic. That's awesome. And then I, I think that's a great kind of path. If they don't want to do the day and date, but like a year later, they put those games on there. I mm-hmm. think that's fantastic. I think sure. that's a, a great... A way of going about it and then you know i i think that um i feel like what they're doing with with like for example final fantasy i played through all those i, I 16 wasn't didn't captivate me so it, it got me interested in other final fantasy games and they were all there you know they're to download final fantasy 9 10 it's so that's that it's super cool that they do that and i think it's the best thing that playstation has going for them right now yeah um Getting into first party stuff, Pablo, we did get a confirmation that Spider-Man 2 is in fact coming out this year, and it is shaping up nicely. Uh, and then, of course, Horizon Forbidden West did get some Burning Shores DLC earlier this year, uh, which is a nice little expansion to the base game as well. So, any thoughts about the first party output uh, that we are that that is coming and that we have already gotten? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, a, a DLC for uh, for Forbidden West, which was a big game for them last year, and then it turning out to be good. It's, it's it's there's there's no way to spin that. That is a positive thing. Spider Man Two coming out, highly anticipated, probably one of the most anticipated games of this yeah. year, even though it's a stacked year. So that's a that's a great thing for them, uh, and, and it is it is looking pretty good. So I'm excited to play that, and and happy for the Forbidden West fans. They got a really nice DLC. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, in the highs, we do uh, we did see the PlayStation expanded their controller lineup with a DualSense Edge and an accessibility controller. Uh, I'm always a big fan of, of seeing accessibility, uh, you know, uh, welcomed into the gaming community. I know Xbox has been uh, front running that for a while. It's great to see PlayStation finally catch up. Better late than never, for sure. Yeah. And of course, having a Pro controller, um, you know, variant on the PlayStation side is always a nice touch as well. Any thoughts on your end about controllers? Yeah, I mean, this is again no way to spin this other than positive. The 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 dual sense edge for all intents and purposes in terms of the reviews it's gotten have been really really positive and people really like it. Mm-hmm. And the accessibility control just got announced, so uh, that's great. I mean, that that's been like a biggest what the fuck from Sony for so long that they have not had this. Even though your Xbox turn, Nintendo, it, your turn, Nintendo. Yeah, and Xbox has even offered the controller to PlayStation and Nintendo. Like, hey, you guys, can, on, we'll man. make this compatible for your systems, uh, and and they turned them down. So I'm glad that PlayStation was able to to do that and it, it looks it looks it looks funky man it looks weird it looks like yeah, uh but it, i mean it's it, that's no no but i mean that in, built, a, yeah. in a positive way where it's like i i like that they've uh talked to a lot of you know disabled gamers and they've used their input to, to create this game yep. and it's completely like modular or modular you can change it up any way you want I, I like the way it looks it looks really cool so um that's that's awesome for them for sure yeah um but there, there, where there are highs, there are lows, Pablo, and I, and I'm gonna break the fourth wall a little bit here. Um, it was hard scraping together some highs for PlayStation's year. Man, you ain't lying. Um, I think, and I think a lot of people are kind of like not realizing that it's been quietly a really bad year for PlayStation. Man, um, the live service focus. Let's just go there. In it, both in general and especially from what we saw at the PlayStation Showcase. Huge concerns about that. I was initially open to it because I thought, well, you know, maybe the games will be diverse enough to the point where it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be a little something from this genre, something from that. Nope. They're all going to be sci-fi, first-person shooter, um, PvE, PvP things. 
great. They're all the same thing. Um, just the you know very focus tested to death as uh, as you could probably tell they were all revealed with CG trailers as well I mean there's just there was nothing to me that really came out of the live service focus uh, that we saw at the showcase that made me go oh I'd be cool with that nothing whatsoever and that was really concerning because it is a it is a big seismic change in their focus I mean they Massive. literally there's an article that came out recently. They're investing $2.1 billion in live service, man. They're, That's what I was going to say. This is all their eggs in the basket. And this is what really makes, you know, yeah, you might be, lo- I love PlayStation to death. I'm, I'm, I've always, I always have, I always will. But this is going to be a radical shift for PlayStation. And I don't think enough people are really letting that sink in yet. It's going to be a different PlayStation for the next five to 10 years. Um, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, live service is innately are hit and miss to begin with and then the fact that sony is not only doubling down but tripling down with billions of dollars is concerning because they're not going to hit all those live service games those games are not going to be all great so it looks like they are literally telling you hey we're going to employ we're going to apply here the throwing shit on the wall and see what sticks method and see it's going to be a cash cow here uh we bought bungie to, to kind of help us with that and that's what we're going to do and that's exactly what they've done i mean uh investing money in those things sure they still have those great first party studios are going to be amazing but as it stands right now uh they have not shown anything that it seems vaguely interesting within the thing that they've double, triple, quadruple down on. And I'm concerned because, I mean, eventually, uh, you know, th- we're going to see a frame, a time frame where we're going to be missing a lot of the first party, uh, you know, single player experiences that we come to love uh, from Sony. And we're going to see a shitload of the uh, of these, uh, you know, live service games. And that's going to be tough. And I wouldn't be surprised if they take some of those love those IPs that we love and convert them into uh, live service games, which they is even more concerning. They already are with the Horizon. They're, yeah, they already are. Yeah. Exactly. You know, what would you say? Uh, with Horizon, they're already yeah. That's, gonna, that's already what I, was, I didn't want to that. repeat what you said. Yeah, Horizon's yeah, yeah. gonna get a multiplayer live, uh, ser- uh, you know, uh, game as service uh, game, which is <laughs> fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, and then and on top of that, then factions we mentioned it earlier facing trouble development. Turns out Xbox isn't the only one susceptible to that. Yeah. Factions has been you know in the works forever. We heard it was a bigger project than we first thought. Then all of a sudden things are going haywire. Bungie doesn't like it and they're kind of the tastemakers within Sony and then it's suddenly downscaled and most of the staff has been rerouted to other projects. I mean that was a bummer. I mean I I really thought we were going to get that game this year uh, alongside Spider-Man and we're not even... And, you know, I guess to kind of roll into the next one a little bit here, Spider-Man's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're excited. I mean, I we are, but, I mean, damn. I mean, talk about a dry-ass year, dude. The, between factions getting delayed and and then only having Spider-Man to look forward to. I mean, this is this is looking a little spooky out here, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Spider-Man's great. We're, we're excited for it. But, I mean, it just doesn't it, – it, that's it. And then what I fear about that is, like, what's next? I mean – you know, what's the next game after that? Because we've already kind of run our course through all the... Horizon already got their game out. God of War already got their game out. Spider-Man's about to come out. Uh, Naughty I Dog... I think we're just waiting for Blue Point. Yeah, Blue Point's next reveal and what Naughty Dog is doing next, but that's not something that's going to be anything that comes out next year or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 looking crazy out there. Uh, and then in the first half of the year, yes, it is... 
we know that they released Final Fantasy. It is in the first party. It's a third party. Uh, but right. We're not fans of that game specifically, so we're going to judge the, you know, judge the according to our specific um, taste. But ultimately, for me, uh, it's concerning. Even past this year, past this first half, once Spider Man comes out, that's pretty much it. You know, so uh, that's. That's rough. We'll see what happens. A lot of pressure on Spider Man to be great. Then, if it's yep. at all, if it's if it's the only thing they look forward to, that's going to be whack. Because I, I tell you one thing for damn sure, PSVR two sure sure isn't uh, winning over any popularity contests right now. It's been a complete non-starter, Pablo, when it launched yep. this earlier this year, uh, which is unquestionably um, uh, worthy of a low uh, designation here in our grading system. I mean. It's just bizarre. I mean, I think from the the moment this thing was announced to its rollout and then its eventual launch, it just feels like it is this novelty accessory with almost minimal backing uh, yep. by by its own creator. Uh, so it stands to you know reason that. Sony doesn't really have a great plan in place for this. It just feels like they kind of wanted to stay in the VR space just to kind of stay in the VR space. And they don't really have a path forward to me that feels compelling or uh, certainly not the kind of path forward that would make core gamers like us go, hmm, it's just not there. And I don't think it ever necessarily could be because it feels like it's even limper than the original PSVR was at yeah. this point in time. Uh, and with, you know, the price being at the price and, and with, you know, kind of the Oculus being the more popular option right now, even in the space of VR, it feels like PSVR 2 just doesn't have enough going for it uh, to, to, you know, make a compelling argument for a purchase. But what are your right. thoughts? No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I was surprised when it released because I wasn't, I wasn't even in the know that that thing was was releasing when it, re, it did. It, they did a terrible job from the beginning Awful. to even market the game, yep. uh, market the 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 peripheral. So it just it just it's weird. It did, and then they const everybody's crying out, and maybe it's not as easy as just asking for for like certain like uh, uh, Half Alex or something that's a little bit more interesting. And what they're releasing on it was Beat Saber again. Uh, and so it's 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 weird. It's it just it feels like this 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 thing. That nobody has. Xbox doesn't have VR. Nintendo doesn't have VR. Uh, uh, something that they can really capitalize on and, and, and even further push their dominance within the, the, the video game market. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. We don't, we're not really going to talk about it. It is what it is. It's like a tax write off, it almost feels like. So, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we, we refer to it in our, our, our hit point segment about you know the Call of Duty deal with PlayStation, but Jim Ryan's ABK deal blocking antics to me, I think, was just embarrassing. I mean, it such a scuzzy, scuzzy guy, man. I mean, and the guy's not an idiot. He he he's he got the position he has for a reason, and he has done some good. You know, as, as popular yeah. as it is to dunk on him, but this. The way that he played this, I mean, on one hand, you understand it. You say to yourself, you know what? This is what he should have done. Why not try to see if he can block the deal? But to do so by by way of contradicting his own words, I mean, um, the, straight the up way lying. that he... Yeah, just straight up lying, uh, you know, fabricating and, and trying to manipulate the situation. Uh, people suspi uh, are suspicious that he was pulling strings, particularly in the UK, uh, to try to get the deal blocked or to make things harder for Xbox. I mean, whether there's truth to that or not, no one will really know for sure. But I think we all can agree that Jim Ryan was not um, necessarily the best representation of um, Sony and PlayStation in, in terms yeah. of optics. Um, and it just, it was a bad look, plain and yeah. simple. 
Yeah, just feeding the toxic fans. I, I mean, like, with conspiracy theories, oh, maybe they'll release a lesser version of Call of Duty on PlayStation 5. Like, the things like that, conversational pieces like that, where it's like, really, dude? Like, this is where you're going with that. Like, you're, you're going, you're really just saying anything. To not even convince a, a court of law because they don't give a shit about your your offhanded remarks about certain aspects of the industry. It's really just to kind of garner some kind of of backing within your community that honestly, uh, you know, all you do is kind of intensify the toxicity of what that community is because it, you really just are villainizing Xbox for buying uh, Activision Blizzard when in reality, if you could, you would. And you've bought Bungie, and 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 you've and you've you've tried to, to to get all these other games exclusive. You're literally paying to to take have games not come out on Xbox, not come out on Game Pass. Like you're doing all these things to, to kind of uh, to kind of bolster yourself within the industry, and then you're uh, then you're being critical of Xbox for them trying to do the same thing. You know, so it's it's just it, it it's a bad look. Um, you know, and then him sitting up there in, in, in the courtroom and then pretty much saying, yeah, I don't think Starfield becoming an exclusive is anti-competitive. Like him having to kind of uh, be real with the situation because he's under oath and didn't want to commit perjury. It just completely just shows that everything he talked about was just a facade and him just trying to really uh, play the victim here when ultimately this is just business. And that's the way it is. And that's why, you know, I say that Phil being real and I, and I, Jim Ryan is being quite the opposite. Uh, he's being a, a clandestine CEO with, you know, trying to put out these these terrible kind of themes in terms of what Xbox is doing is unethical and shit like that. When really, if you could, you fucking would, bro. And yeah. that, that, that sucks. Yeah, Jim Ryan's biggest problem is that he, he conducts shady business tactics like that as if no one's watching. Yeah, as if there's nobody that's like looking at what he's been saying and doing, especially in the ABK you know situation and going what the fuck, like you, like it, these you know, these aren't the old days anymore where you can be like the crooked businessman but in the back burner and no one ever knows. Like yeah, you're doing all this publicly, and I think that that has made a lot of hardcore gamers go, really, bro? Like, did you really need to be like this? This is yeah. really nice. And of course, the console warriors will you know almost play turn this all into politics. You know, and, and, and lift him up like he is like, you know, their their presidential candidate almost, you know, like, look at him. He's so great, you know, and unlike feel like the smear campaigns that they do, it's the same thing. almost. Yeah. I think Jim Ryan represents a lot of that, that, ugh, that, that back alley nastiness of, you know, the, yeah. the console warring stuff it's been a, with the way it's he been acted. A- it's true. It's been a tough week for uh, for the for the PlayStation is my personality uh, people. Uh. <laughs> this is true. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move on to grades, Pablo. Now, last year, Pablo, you gave PlayStation a grade of C plus. Um, but what would be their halftime grade for you right now, mid twenty twenty three? If I'm being honest, it's an F plus. Uh, I Oof. I I just think for me. Everything that they've done uh, is is has not really been for consumers. It's been for them and what they can do. And then when you look at our highs, listen, like Marco said, breaking the fourth wall. These were tough. The PS Plus game catalog stuff is 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 a good thing. Uh, but everything else is just kind of like, oh, cool, Bernie Shores is nice. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 confirmed. Okay, we'll see how that turns out. And it's like the the controller stuff. We're talking about controllers, folks. Uh, so it's 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 just one of those things where. That doesn't mean that they can't turn it around because they're PlayStation, man. They can turn it around. But 
the way that they've looked, the way that Jim Ryan has made the company look, the way that they've exposed a lot of their shitty dealings, and and, and them seemingly not having a plan other than obstruct Xbox just seems like uh, a shitty way to conduct business. And ultimately, for me, there's nothing that PlayStation has done in the first six months, and that's personal taste sure you know final fantasy out there whatever but that has made me uh that has seen these lows and forgive them because they've done other things that have uh you know that have given me uh hope for playstation in 2023 so that's why i give it an f plus uh fully open-minded and ready for them to turn it around this year and and, and do better yeah, we harbor no bias towards them. I think some people are going to hear that grade and go, oh, fuck off. But, I mean, it's true. Like, my grade's a D. I, it, last year, I gave them a B- minus for context. So, like, I, I've, I've been in favor of them, but I, I call spades what they are. And, unfortunately, with the exception of Spider-Man 2 coming out later this year and PlayStation Plus, uh, Plus being cool... It, that's it, man. And, and I can't make that different for people. You know, I, I'm a PlayStation guy. I love Xbox to death, but I've always been PlayStation first. And this has been one of those years where it's like, I don't know if that's sustainable for me because I, I'm I'm just kind of watching a lot of very, like I said earlier, a lot of seismic changes in philosophy happen with the live service focus. Yeah, and, and that creates a lane for Xbox. A lot of people ask, well, what's the point of getting an Xbox? If they stay the same, they become different. And what I mean by that is PlayStation, you know, is is shifting to live service. All Xbox has to do is not do that. And you automatically <laughs> and you automatically become a, a, a viable alternative just by default, by not making live service your, your what you live and breathe for. So right. that in and of itself is problematic for PlayStation. And then of course the output this year. I mean, hey, it's like, you know, they they looked at Xbox's uh, twenty twenty two and said, Hold my Heineken. And now yeah. they're and now they're you know well just just one game that's it that's all we have, what like you yeah. can't it, I and I get it twenty twenty two was a great year for them but we can't rate them on a curve because they had a great twenty twenty two and give them a higher score in twenty twenty three because of it and I think that's what people are doing they're still kind of riding that that high from last year it doesn't work that way but even then Marco I'd be willing to to concede that point a little bit if they weren't. For example, if they only had Spider-Man 2 coming out this year, but they weren't tr- quadrupling down on live service games, if they weren't shitty yeah. uh, during the ABK stuff, if they didn't have, like, uh, a lot of this, like, PSVR wasn't a complete mess. Like, if they didn't have those things happening, then I could be like, you know what? They're no harm, no foul. They're not really doing anything to, to, to hurt the industry and, you know, sure just Spider-Man 2 coming out, maybe it would, I, I could tell you it wouldn't have been an F plus that that's for sure on my part. But the fact that they compound this year with all this shit, just compounding shit onto the, into, into, into the conversations of uh, what PlayStation five is doing. And as a company, uh, and Jim Ryan as your leader, it's just, it's an easy, you know, easy D for you, easy F plus for me for sure. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and round things out with uh, good old Nintendo, Pablo. Um, they had themselves a year uh, so far, and let's talk about the highs of that year. And of course, we have to start with the obvious, Pablo. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom happened, and it happened to be great. 
Uh, yep. More than great. We, we both rated it uh, timeless on our cooldown time review scale. And look, Pablo, we've spoken ad nauseum about how sure. great this game is. We really have. I think um, the way we can kind of turn this conversation into a different angle is, is just kind of how this has impacted Nintendo uh, in terms of their business year and um, you know how this is kind of one of their swan song efforts uh, right. for Switch, or, or hopefully one of them. Uh, we'll get into <laughs> one of the lows about, you know, hoping this is a swan song for Switch in a second, but what do you think here? Yeah, I mean, if this turns out to be their last year before next year they release something new, this will be one of the best years when it comes... One of the best last years of any console, I think. You know, you're going to release something like Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, which is absolutely incredible. We've Like Marco said, we've already talked about it. But, you know, this sets up that next game that we're going to talk about here in a second where that one-two punch to, 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 to send off the Switch, I mean, you put a cap on this year... With these two games, I mean, I, I hard pressed to find any other. We can talk about other... it now. We can talk yeah. about it now. Yeah, we're talking about Super Mario Bros. Wonder, uh, Wonder uh, the announcement of that game. You know, uh, a a side-scrolling Mario game that uh, is doing more than just being a a a another one of the side-scrolling games where they're not doing much with like creativity, just kind of apart from the course uh, 2D uh, uh, side-scroller. They're doing so much with Wonder, well, how Wonder looks. Uh, that's that's going to be an amazing game, I think. And to kind of cap the year off of that shit, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. Honestly, it's just if it, they just have to make sure that it delivers. But it's 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 a great year so far for them. Uh, I I I would be hard pressed to find a better ending year for any console. Honestly, yeah. Anytime you can potentially end a cycle of a console with a Zelda, a Mario, uh, that's 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 hard to beat. It really yeah. is. Um, but that seems to be what they're, they're kind of doing here. I mean, Zelda speaks for itself. Um, it had a lot to live up to uh, in terms of the way people felt about Breath of the Wild. I was never a big Breath of the Wild fan myself. I, I thought the game was fine. Tears of the Kingdom totally blew me out of the water uh, in the best way possible, and I know it did for you too. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I mean, I, I said it on the show. I'll say it again. Kind of looks a little goofy to me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm into it like that, but I, I will say to you that it is, to your point, you know, just great to see a year, uh, which could potentially be the Switch's last end with a Mario to kind of, you know, put it all, put put a bow on it, uh, yeah. as, as it were. I think when you look at 3D Mario games, those are the games that are, that, that give a way to being a little more creative, and the 2D Mario games are a little bit more uh, kind of by the book, and I think that what Wonder does is kind of flips that script a little bit, where it's a lot, lot less by the book and a lot more creative in that space. And that that's what I'm excited about when it comes for Wonder. Need that goofy-ass game out of here. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, uh, Xbox was not the only company that shadow-dropped something of importance this year because Nintendo, of course, uh, shadow-dropped Metroid Prime Remastered, a game that many consider to be one of the greatest of all time, uh, got a very, very well-done uh, remaster. Fully 60 frames per second. Um, looks really nice, plays really well, uh, and and definitely serves as hopefully an appetizer for modern uh, controls. Yeah, modern controls. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, um, definitely uh, something that I, I hope will will suffice uh, until we hopefully see Metroid Prime Four. Uh, yeah. But I'm guessing that'll be on the next console at this point, as I predicted. It has to but be. nevertheless, you think about Zelda, you got Metroid, and then later you get Mario. It just kind of stacks up, and like you're going, damn. All the all the banger franchises are, are, are here. Everybody's here. Pablo. Everybody's here. What are you thinking? 
Yeah, man. No, I agree with you. I think everything you said is right on. You know, I'm not a personal fan of Metroid Prime. I just not games I really didn't play. Uh, Remastered looked cool. Just, you know, but I, I'm just gonna go home and hold my breath for four and see what that does in terms of like the fully next generation of, of Metroid Prime and what that looks like. But I, people love it. It, it reviewed really well. Uh, and I'm happy for the people who got it. And we might even get more Metroid Prime two and three or, or something that yeah. they're they're talking about in terms of that as well. So yeah, man, those highs were were super high, buddy. Those highs were high, and uh, but there were some lows for Nintendo this year, and I think one of them is kind of a prevailing one that we've talked about for the last few years, and that is that the aging, uh, the the age of this console can no longer be ignored yet. Still no new official hardware announcement at this point in time. And, you know, obviously we're, we're inching closer, but it feels like we're inching closer. And oh, I think man. that's kind of the, the pain point here. Um, you know, granted, games like Tears of the Kingdom somehow made with space magic. And, and you know, <laughs> despite a couple of hitches here and there, it kind of still can take you back and go, damn, this looks good, even though yeah, it's on yeah, a 20, yeah. 2017 uh, console. That but came out already... Uh, Behind the the the, the oh yeah hundred percent yeah it's running on a cheap tablet at this point uh, essentially but uh, still in all um, no new hardware announcement and the age is aging it's getting creaky out here in these streets yeah. Pablo what are your thoughts yeah every time a new game gets announced and it's like oh switch exclusive you're like yeah and then you're like fuck no. hold on uh, <laughs> is he it's gonna be able to run Bayonetta three hello how are you doing uh, shit like that where are these games that you're like okay. These games, whenever you say this game would be so much better on PlayStation or Xbox, that's when you know you're in trouble uh, because, it, you know, like the fact of Metro Prime 4 coming out on this <laughs> on the Switch just seems laughable, honestly, yeah. at this yeah. point. And uh, that was the original intent. So even that is is, is crazy. So, uh, yeah, it, it's at the point right now where it can no longer be ignored. Uh, and uh, we have to see something else. I think we will. I'm confident that next year's the year. Uh, but as it stands, uh, not nothing yet. And so it's a concern. It's a low for sure. Yeah. And especially when you think about the advent of like the, the, the steam deck and the, the rogue ally, um, you know, they're, they're losing the, you know, that, that portability factor now, uh, because it's being, it's being outdone by clearly yeah. more powerful devices at this stage of the game. So hopefully they can uh, they can catch up. Uh, and uh, you know Bobby Kotick in, in, during the FTC deliberate deliberations um, proceedings said something to the effect of he thinks that the games uh, the new game console will be at or around PS4 Pro or Xbox One ish power, which is an improvement, but still sounds like a generation behind. I think at this point we'll take what we can get, though. But, yeah, um, I mean, look, look, Nintendo has never, well, not, not never. That's not true. As of recently, they they they're they're operating on a different kind of of when it comes to visual fidelity and stuff. They're doing different things with their art and stuff like so. They might their, their core games, the Zeldas, the Mario's, uh, might not need to to be completely powerful in that sense. But sure, it it, it but it still kind of sucks where. Third-party games, the portability stuff—that's still part of the next switch. You know, you won't be able to, to kind of really enjoy uh, uh, a AAA third-party game that's coming out because it's—it might not be able to run its best, and that—and that, and that kind of sucks. But running at 180p or some shit like that, yeah, shit, yeah. Um, and the other low, I think this is more subjective, but you know, perhaps too many remaster projects. I mean, Metroid Prime was great, but then we also have Mario RPG, you know, Luigi, Luigi's Mansion, and then Pikmin One, Pikmin Two, Advance Wars, Kirby. <laughs> I mean, damn. 
Pablo's yawning. Pablo's yawning from from that already. This is too much. <laughs> I think it's too much, Pablo. I think it feels like they're scraping the bin here uh, to to kind of get some stuff out well, to, at the tail end of of the Switch's life. It just feels like a lot, though, man. Well, I mean, look, look, when when it is a lot because I mean, Metroid Prime notwithstanding, and possibly Mario RPG, but when when you look at the next generation, when they're doing like oh a remaster, remember they're remastering this shit from like the shitty 3DS. I say shitty because of the way it looked. <laughs> uh, so of course it's an update or upgrade uh, visually, but it's still not within the standard of of the industry right now. So it's still kind of lame. So it, it this the, the next Luigi's Mansion that's gonna come out that is oh the 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 rem- Remaster, it's remastered from the 3DS version of the game. So it's going to look better than 3DS, but it's still going to look not great. So it, yeah. remasters, remakes, Sega just said that they're they're going to have a whole initiative for remaster remakes. They are not innate, like innately a bad thing. It's just when you start doing it like this, that's when it becomes kind of like, oh, now you're just kind of filling the library with, with, with bullshit, you know? And then also charging $50 for it, by the way. All so. the way full price, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nintendo, ain't gonna, you ain't going to get no damn discount from them. When their games know. go on sale, they're like forty-seven dollars. Shit, I think <laughs> Tears, of Ki- Tears of the Kingdom came out, and it's like Breath of the Wild's on sale for nine hundred dollars. Like, what? The price went up <laughs> <laughs> for the for the new low price. Three oh, yeah, easy fuck. payments. Yeah, but uh, nevertheless, Pablo, those are the highs and lows for Nintendo. Um, Pablo, I don't know. I thought I had your your grade last year in here. It was a I, B. It was a B. Okay. Yeah. Um, so B last year. Where are you at so far this year? Yeah. I mean, just on the strength of Tears of the Kingdom alone and, and the promise of Super Mario Bros. Wonder, I got it. I got it at an A. Uh, I think that the first half of the year has been excellent. Uh, like you said, Tears of the Kingdom had a lot going for it in terms of a, a lot of expectation, and it still managed to, to meet all those expectations and then some. Uh, so I, I think that's awesome. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the Wonder is going to be awesome. I think Metro Prime in terms of like the, the shadow drop and it being a remaster, but really being almost a whole remake and, and everything that the game, the console is still doing and, and just kind of firing all cylinders, even though it's, it's being held together by duct tape and, and, uh, Oof, and, paper and clips some, and, and paper, paper mache, clips. baby. Uh, they're still, <laughs> they still got some magic in it. So I, and, and obviously the, the way the year is shaping up to be amazing. It, it's, it's an A for me. Yeah, I'm going A minus. Uh, I, I had a C plus for them last year. I think they've had a way better year uh, so far. Um, again, between Tears of the Kingdom's greatness, the Super Mario Brothers announcement, Metroid Prime Shadow Drop, which was huge for me, uh, and then you have the little things we didn't cover, like you know the, the Mario Kart, um, you know, new tracks that have come out that have given that game more life, which is always a good oh, yeah. thing. And uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three gets some really good DLC. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I've heard it's really you good. Play a that, of mine. man. I'm gonna get to it. I you know just these these new things, man. I gotta yeah, yeah, get yeah. gotta get past the dinosaurs and the exoprimals. You understand me? But um, <laughs> I, yeah, a minus for me, man. I think this has been a, a really solid year for them. Even the nitpicking about the remaster overload. I mean, what? Uh, who isn't uh, doing too many remaster and remake projects yeah. at this stage of the game? So it, it's hard to fault Nintendo when when everybody's been dabbling in that. I think it's just the excess of those things that have happened all in like one big and, wave like this is a lot. And to be fair, Kirby and Advance Wars got really good reviews. So they did, yeah, you know, yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I, I've apologized to Kirby Curb uh, the last episode for all the trash talk <laughs> Kirby I did. Curb. Kirby Curb, that's my boy now. I give him a little nickname. Uh, KB, uh, if you if you if you shall. Oh, but, uh, good. 
Don't do that. Don't do that, Skip. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, lastly, but you know, yeah, the hard the hardware announcement is still being delayed. is is a pain point. It's it's still going to be a nagging annoyance until the switch is finally done. But we're not there yet. Um, but in the meantime, at least we're getting bangers, and that's all that matters in, yeah. in, for now. So at least they're not abandoning ship and give us giving us a dry ass year like uh, we've seen out of PlayStation and Xbox uh, as of late. So got to give Nintendo props for that. So yeah, A for you, A minus for me. That puts them at number one so far in our uh, our kind of mid year reviews. Uh, and that's where the- they. And that's what they should be, honestly. That is, yeah, dude. Nintendo at number one. We have uh, Xbox kind of in that runner-up spot right now because of the bounce back that they've been experiencing lately, and the and the promise of Starfield looking good. And then PlayStation. I, again, I know people are going to be surprised for that. You know, they get rated so low, um, but I think that's just reality for them right now. It's just looking really, really strange for them. And uh, I'm concerned as a longtime PlayStation fan as to whether or not, um, you know, I don't want to act like the sky is falling per se, but I don't know how sustainable it is to, to, to be a PlayStation first training, kind of gamer right now. It's raining pretty hard, that's for sure. Man, I mean, that that live service stuff is getting real scary, y'all. I mean, if you, if you guys don't mind playing seven different sci-fi shooters then cute for you but my god cute i mean I'm, I'm not saying that that's the last of uh you know the god of wars of the world or the horizons of the world or the last of us is of the world but it's just that man it, the ratio of these compared yeah. to the single player experiences that's going to be a problem and I, and I look and and as soon as soon as they start seeing the market share drop and and xbox gain a little bit more ground and their, uh, you know, their game as service shit not working out. I'd be hard pressed if, if they didn't just go back to what was working before uh, in the next couple of years. So and again, man, two point one billion. That's 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 yeah. No, that's oof. not that's not nothing. That's for sure. Um, but you know, it, it it's two point one billion now, or possibly next year be in a position where you're third, just based on like you know the output and what people want with ps6 and, and the next xbox and the next switch uh you know i have confidence enough in 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 playstation as a company uh that they pr- hopefully won't repeat the same mistakes even though it seems like they're starting to of playstation 3 but at the very least they'll be a little more light on their feet and pivot if need be but right. i could be completely wrong i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt based on the history that they well, have. you shouldn't honestly because they, right. when they're number one, they get very arrogant, and we saw what happened that's, with PlayStation Three. That's true. Like that's when true. they're in the driver's seat, they act a fool, a whole grain fool, <laughs> and you start seeing kooky ass shit like this, where it's like, why, why can't you guys just do what worked? Why, you know? Yeah. And they, it just it just feels like PlayStation is allergic to sticking with what works. It's like, oh, that was great. PlayStation 4 was a great run for us. Let's fuck all that up. And it's like every other generation now is like, great, PS2, great, PS3, bad, PS4, great, PS5, shaky. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, let's not let's not keep doing that again. But I guess I guess that's what I mean, though. They, they keep going back <laughs> to what works, but still they, they find a way to fuck it up, it looks like. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, we got to be real, guys. I mean, we love PlayStation, too. But, but damn. This is this is Jim. Jim's got us looking real stupid out here, <laughs> singing their praises all this time, and then you come out with fifty nine million damn sci fi 
free to play whatever the fuck shooters. I mean, come on, yeah, man. man. It probably and it probably won't even be free to play. That's the fucked up part. The seventy dollars with with the game pass with a with yeah. a with a, with a battle oh. pass. Oh, you know that's gonna happen, but yeah. yeah. We digress. Uh, in the meantime, that's going to do it for our uh, mid-year reviews for PlayStation 5, Xbox, and Nintendo. Uh, we will, of course, circle back to this at the end of the year to give you our final grades once we see how the rest of the year shakes out for the big three. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the show. And until next time, please don't forget to subscribe to our show. You can find us anywhere you stream, as well as audio versions up on YouTube as well. And if you're feeling extra cool, you can follow us on Twitter, threads, and Instagram at It's Cooldown Time. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Make me feel good.